All right, welcome back to Tundra Talk, everybody. I'm Tyler Friel. Um, finally getting a chance to catch catch back up with uh, old Steve Hollenbeck, who's uh, recently unemployed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, he's, he's not really a bum. His work contract just <laughs> went up until the next one. But yep. uh, at least you got plenty of, we're out here in the in the frozen hinterlands. Yeah, I'm Plenty like, of heat, plenty of house, and yeah, you got enough wood for a, a good, three years for a good bum fire. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Fifty-five gallon drums and yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's uh, the old. I was thinking the other day, and I wanted to not forget the old bum fire. I remember. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what was it? Was two thousand thirteen. Tim and I had. I mean, we'd been hunting our asses off for forever, and hadn't seen Steve since we split off. Like it was like a week or mm-hmm. eight days or so since we'd seen him, and. We had got like, I was up in the Brooks Range. We got like eight inches of snow that night. And so that morning, Tim and I had gone and gathered up a bunch of like dead alders and shit. The only thing you can burn up there. The only thing we could burn up there. (laughs) Standing around trying to thaw out our boots and whatnot. And way off in the distance, you know, see this guy coming. And sure enough, it was Steve. He comes with, Can I stand by your guys' bum fire? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that was a cold one for sure yeah we yeah. hadn't gotten all i mean we'd gotten rain down where we were at. you guys were a lot higher elevation yeah so. well that was the first we had gotten snow before but yep. then it that was the morning that i think it, it had really dumped sn- all that snow mm-hmm. down in the river bottom yeah yeah it was freaking what a cold trip but uh, very cold yeah that was but very good trip oh it was an awesome trip now i'm, I'm looking it's cool over being over at your place now i get to look at all of your sheep instead yeah. of you looking at mine, but yeah, that one, I remember that very well, but, uh, three yeah, rams and three rams seconds. in about 30 seconds. <laughs> I, you know, I can't even remember if we talked about that the last one, cause we were going after those two and I was kind of just tagging along. Then we saw Houdini and two other rams and he of course disappeared. And the other one was a nice nine year old ram. And I was just getting ready to shoot like dial you know range dialed her up like laying down just getting behind the gun and i hear poof poof i'm like well might as well shoot boom yep (laughs) so yeah that was that was fun but yeah we finally up finally getting a dose of winter up here well i mean it's probably like 45 below out here yeah so in i know north pole had it at 40 below this morning two rivers was 55 below yeah it's uh now that I live up in the now that I live up in the hills, I'm kind of spoiled, man. It's like it was like I want to say it was five below at our house this morning. Man. Yesterday was like 15 below. It's so cold, it, like it's such a big temperature inversion that you can drive as as I'm driving down the freaking hill. Your temperature, gauge I can see, I well no, the gauge, and you can just feel the, the air. air in the cab getting colder and colder because your heater like has a hard time keeping up with it. Right, but. Yeah, it's, I don't know, in some ways it's nice to see it. It's been, you know, last winter was kind of a warm one, and it's it was. nice to see some super cold weather. Remember, it used to be Wait. Like, not that long ago, yeah. man, nobody, you didn't hear people bitching about the cold until it hit like 45 below. And, and then, stayed for a bit. And stayed for yeah. a while, so we'll see what, what this does. People are, we're getting a little soft, though, I hey, think. Hey, that, that ram right there, the one that we euroed mount yeah. on the ground, did we ever, uh, have you ever actually looked at that in hand here? Mm, I'm wondering it, if that I think was, I your, have. was that ram that you had 
that I had hit, hit in 2013. I think no, I you know I did look at him because I I did some photos of that because that's the RAM that your logo is based yeah, yeah, off that's of. That's it, right? It's possible, but I don't know. You know, because he was a winter kill that a guy found not not too far. Well, assumed winter kill the guy found the next yep. year, not too far from there, and. You don't think he was that big, or he was something looking he was, like that? He was similar. Like, yeah. it's it's a possibility. I mean, I'm still convinced that at the time that, that the Ram I, I kind of clipped, or assume clipped, I, I mm-hmm. you know, Tim and I stocked this Ram. We're come, we had to come from below. Popped up, and he was 250 yards, or that's the range I got. And it's snowing. There's, you know, started snowing on the way up, and three inches of snow on the ground by the time we got to him or or something like that popped over and there he was and tim's glasses were fogged up because he, he couldn't was the see primary him. shooter right? yeah he was going to shoot him um and he said well you shoot him i can't see and uh so i laid down boom and he dropped he hit the ground started rolling kind of rolled you know we had a little bit of a spine to our right and there's you know a spine and a draw on the other side of that spine and he's up above us and he rolled down into that draw and all right yeah we're done walk up there and look down and he don't see him but all right he's got to be down here somewhere there's not you know it's not not uncommon for him to be piled up under you know mm-hmm. below a rock or something like that so start following down and there's a little bit of blood and a little bit of hair for like 20 yards maybe and then it's like all right well where is he there's no brush right and we follow we followed it all the way down to the bottom thinking like all right well what if he just got going really fast and i mean there he wasn't there i mean we looked till about as late as we could it was getting dark yeah and we had to get back to camp as it was snowing still and the only thing we cut one fresh set of tracks going back uphill out of that drainage but we didn't i didn't think anything of it because it never you know you, you bang flop them like that they're not tough you know it's so it didn't even occur to me and we i don't know how is that yeah then it was the next morning was the bum fire morning yep and the sun came out and we spent half that day just sitting across the canyon glassing and it wasn't and the snow was away. melting off no it wasn't far away you know so we went up straight across the canyon from where he was across that valley and just spent all day or half that day glassing for bir- for birds or anything i mean if he's there you're going to find him and uh then the rest of that afternoon we climbed and the rest of the afternoon and i think the whole next day cuz it was was the next day you found those rams mm-hmm. this this group of rams yeah, I mean, we spent a solid day and a half climbing that whole every ridge, kind looking of branching off of that system, looking off him. If he'd been, I, I'm fully convinced if if he had been dead or wounded right there, yeah, there's no way we wouldn't have found him. I, I you know, it was one. That's one but of them. he could, you know, it could have because I, I to this day I assume I either clipped him just on top of the spine or just under the spine and kind of you know he had an exhale, you know. Yep. Something weird happened, and I, I don't. I just was convinced that it didn't, to the best of my ability, it didn't kill him right then. You know, it's it's possible that he could have still been hanging around there and, and winter killed. 
Yeah. But like that's just one of those things I'll never never really know. And like I say, where we found that one at was right there and yeah. you know, double broomer. So it's hard to say. Yeah. I mean I wasn't there when you guys were okay. shooting, but it was one of those um of all my mountain hunting, there's a few things that few times that animals have gotten away from me you know and i didn't shoot at them but that particular incident is one of those ones that always i like how where did he go it it does, makes no sense to me and, and it wasn't like there's any trees anywhere i mean this is no trees like, no i mean no brush taller than shin height yeah and that's all way way, way down, down lower and um, you know how they how it's one of those mysteries yeah i mean we we even spent hours walking through the brush like way beyond what i thought he could ever have rolled to and again sheep are not tough no they actually are probably they are of all the animals that i hunt are probably the weakest when you put lead on them yeah they are yeah i mean in my experience you know that one taken out of the equation because i don't know exactly where i hit him um every sheep i've seen hit solid in the body anywhere is recovered quick like they don't go far yeah. you know so that's just gonna always be an unanswered unanswered question i have i mean he's still i know i felt horrible about it but yeah, like what do you what do you do you, you know nothing um, you can do but you give it an honest effort and that's yeah. that yep so and again nothing goes to waste in mother nature yeah it's one more ram or sheep that the wolves up there are not going to not gonna kill yeah yeah that's and it's the way i look at that and you know when you start in it tie you get emotionally tied into this and it bothers you and it should you know yeah. lose animals should bother you but you start looking at the big picture whether it's it's a little bit of a con- consolation when you're you thinking you know like that year that was the last yes high population you know how many rams how yep. many mature rams were winter killed Correct. that year Hundreds. Yep. I agree you know, with you there. You know, and again, you can't, you, you make your honest effort, it will bother you. But again, my thing has always been there. That's just one more that is not going to yeah. be. Seriously. Yeah. Like I, well, on, on same thing with that, that grizzly I lost the spring, you know, I, the other day I'd, I had never like put it out, but I, I put the video of that shot on, uh, on Instagram and it, and I was just, yeah, kind of a thing, because it still bothers me. I think about it almost every day, and, you know, and using, uh, kind of use that to motivate myself for to exactly. kind of finish my goal this year. But um, there was, uh, uh, where was I going with that? I got distracted. It happens to me. Yeah, it's okay. But, you know, I mean, you feel, you feel. You know, you feel like shit. Oh, that's what, because there was a, it wasn't bad, but there was a few dumbasses giving me shit on there. They'll, oh, how disgusting, you know, you, you, you know, couldn't do the job or using equipment. I'm like, look, the equipment had nothing to do with it. I just no. made a bad shot. Um, and, and one of them, I'm like, yeah, no shit. It's disgusting. I'm like, the thing is, you're going to forget about it by, yeah, you who are all offended yeah. are going to forget about it by tonight. I have to think about it every day, yeah. and it really bothers me. So, you know, kind of it's give them the finger on that yeah, one. It's been wounded animals have been wounded since humans started hunting. Yep. Flat out. Oh, and everything else, you know, how many crippled up 
it happens. Hamstrung moose and stuff like yep. that. So from, it's the way it is. But when you when you're talking about you're trying in an imperfect world which we live in, you're talking about trying to kill animals. Yep. There's going to be some. There's just always if you do it enough, there's going to be some times where it doesn't go the way you want it to. Right. And you just you do the best effort you can to try to recover. And uh, once after that, I mean. It's always like to say that ram. I wasn't part of the shooting or even there, but yeah. it's one of those ones that, even though I wasn't even involved with it, it was on the hunt that we were together. And well, uh, it's we one saw of those, you the next morning, and you yeah. know we're like, and we're I'm like, go. <laughs> right. And when you showed me, I'm like, you know, I pointed up there, right there. You're telling me, you can't. yeah. I'm like, like no, was, he's not there. <laughs> yeah, it's it is it's honestly like a completely wide open field with you know ankle at the most deep brush. Yeah. With a little bit of boulders that you possibly, you know, the amount of time that we spent looking from the other side across, there's no way he was in there. You know, my only thing is if he made it down into the river and couldn't get across, that would be, that was my only thing. Yeah. Unless those fresh tracks are what took him up. That's, over. you know, kind of what I assume it was because it was, I shot... And then it was about 15 minutes before we got, or 20 minutes maybe before we got the snow all squall stuff. came through, right? Yeah, I mean, it was snowing. And before we got all our, all our, you know, our yard sale packed up and walk up there to where we were at the top of that canyon to the spot. We basically walked to the spot where he where he was standing mm -hmm. and dropped and then started working our way down. Um, so, you know, we were completely out of sight where he rolled for 15, 20 minutes and then for another hour, we're looking down. We're not looking, you know. Right. He could have been just slowly working his way up yep. 150 a yards squall, ab 150 you know. yards above us, and we just never saw him. Right. So, um, I don't know. This year was a little better, though, which uh, I hadn't, hadn't got a chance to even really sit down and talk to you since sheep season, really. You had a busy year. We did. I had a busy year. I was talking to you, though, almost every day on... Yeah. On... Uh, in reach. Yep. That's such a see cool. How it is. It is really cool deal where, you know, sometimes you can get lonely back there when you're back in the middle of nowhere and uh, reach out to your buddies who are hunting, which you would know are all hunting. Yeah. I was guiding at the time. Yep. So, as even my clients knew that I, true and true, I'm a sheep hunter. So, yeah. you know, very few clients have I actually guided. In fact, that was number, that. That particular, when I was talking to you, yeah. that was my second sheep hunting client. Yeah. Um, so they knew my heart was in it for the, with their hunt, but, mm -hmm. you know, my mind was also wondering how you guys are doing. Yeah. You know, so Did this, that, that was, in, you know, because I'm, and being when you're by yourself, especially like that, sometimes, I mean, even for me, like I've done it a bunch, you still get, can get discouraged it, and right, it's always, just like, it's a grind. It's not, there's nothing easy about it, no. but it, it definitely is cool to be able to see you know there was four or five other guys that i'm like keeping tabs you know we're keeping yep. tabs with how each other's doing like you know <laughs> oh i i could imagine you know clients going oh how by the end of it they're probably wondering how that hunt's going and yep they were i, I told them that i had you know i had a, a really good sheep hunting partner that was in the toke management area yeah right at that time you know a premier sheep tag uh, I had another one that was with his son, uh, and then I had uh, Jeremy and Fred that were in the Alaska range. So yeah. those four guys I was keeping in contact on a 
I wouldn't say an hourly, but it was probably every about every three hours, every four hours on the from the ninth through the about the eleventh. Whenever you know, yeah. just a mad rush of this, you know, getting done. So, um, you know, we my particular area, we had killed a grizzly on the eighth. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that was pretty cool. That client, I mean, yeah. he came in there, he got landed on the seventh. We shot his rifle, which I'm glad we did shoot his rifle. And, uh, you know, he he had some jitters. And I'm glad if there's any guides that listen to this thing, I'm sure you guys feel this. You always wonder about how your clients shoot. And some guiding outfits, they don't, I don't understand it, but they don't take the shooting aspect of it serious. Oh, get over here. Just throw your sandbag down or your, oh, shoot over my bedroll. See how your gun does this and that. Yeah. When... You know what? If your tools are not <laughs> properly taken care of, your hunts could go on and on and on. And I've seen the shortcomings of this particular client. Not that he couldn't shoot, but he just was nervous on the first shot. And he yeah. told me that. Yeah. And so the very next day, he goes, I want to go out grizzly hunting. I'm like, are you sure? You know, he goes, yeah, let's, let's, let's do something. Because we were waiting for the plane to get in there. Yeah. So we went out. That was... Right when he said that, I go, oh, God, this guy's going to be a go-getter. Yeah. So. Um, That's the dog playing oh. with something. It's it's fine. Oh, okay. <laughs> Just for the listeners wondering what oh, the hell's yeah. going on. I got a little uh, <laughs> nine-month-old chocolate lab. So, anyway, um, named Krieger, by the way. <laughs> so, you want me to get him into his, get that away from him? Yeah, he's he'll, he should be fine. So, we we went out and, you know walked for this grizzly about about five miles from camp yeah and uh we were hunting in the far northeastern corner of alaska and he had a grizzly tag he had a caribou tag and a sheep tag the sheep tag didn't open until the 10th two more days later but the grizzly and the caribou were in season and we'd seen some caribou but the river was too high we couldn't get across to him so we just kept going up up the river drainage and a little back drainage off of that and I spotted, I think we've seen six bears. That's pretty good. It was. For during the daytime. For during the daytime. And, uh, you know, you're counting some cubs in there, too. Mm-hmm. So, shootable bears, I believe we've seen three bears. And the one we were going after, we eventually were going after, uh, we weren't able to get. Uh, I believe he winded us, but sometimes the grizzlies just do their thing. Yeah. Out. But the client ended up shooting a good bear. Um really pretty um blonde bear and made a good shot on him but you know he'd gotten into some in this particular drainage there's still cottonwoods I mean, oh yeah there's stands of cottonwoods hmm. like i've never seen it in any of the other drainages up that far north but there are cottonwoods that are you know three four thousand trees in this thing thick yeah and this this, this damn bear got right into that area so oh. um the client didn't want anything part of, I'm like, I didn't Go, want yeah. him in there anyway, but yeah. I just wanted him kind of have an overwatch on me. So I ended up there and I think I shot the bear from 15 yards. Yeah. Just right above him. He wasn't getting up. He made a hard enough hit on him that he wasn't getting up. Yeah. So, but he he told me right from the get-go that his first shot is always off. Huh. So, you know, I, and it was just more or less just nerve, so. Well, kind of, he knows that, right. being honest. No, that's it's a, a shortcoming. That's a big, stuff. Yeah. big deal. And you wouldn't do, I wouldn't have known that unless I told him, hey, I want you to shoot your rifle right here. Yeah. And 
there's a lot of people that won't the, the guiding they just they skip that very oh, yeah. important part of it. I mean, ultimately you yeah, you're going to have a lot of fun in the backcountry. You know, it's more than just the kill, but that is what you are there for. Yeah. You are there to shoot whatever hunted animal that you've been dreaming about, paid for, whatever the reason, but that is what you're ultimately there for. And me as a guide, that's what my job is ultimately mm-hmm. to do, is to provide this. But if you come with the wrong tools or they're not properly maintained, you know, I'm going to be in the backcountry longer. Yeah. The, the client's going to be in the backcountry longer you have the potential of wounding something. So I always think it's important. Mm-hmm. Hey, we shoot our rifles. And I found that out that his thing was just, hey, I just got to, you know. So what I told him to do is dry fire, which to me, that's like a no-brainer. He, oh, nobody yeah. had ever told him that. Huh. Ever. Wow. To just set up on the and the animal and do a couple dry fires on him. Like, yeah, I got this. I and mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's a very basic thing. But if you're not born knowing that. No. <laughs> so. And... You know, he had never been told that before. Huh. And, you know, so he made made his shots on there and, you know, so that was on the 8th. And we we got back, we, you know, skinned the bear out, got some, obviously, pictures first, skinned the bear out, loaded him up, got back at, on the 9th at like 4 in the morning. Yeah. And we were scheduled to fly out that afternoon to our, our base, our spike camp. Yeah. But in Fairbanks which is like 400, 350, 370 miles away, they were having some hellacious weather, which mm-hmm. you were right involved with that on the... Well, on kind... The, maybe not for that far, but... Yeah, I, I, know I got lucky. They, uh, so we kept getting told, no, it's not going to happen today. And then you're like, oh, no. When, you know, what's, we had an air charter service that really did us a solid, who this company I've been using for years and years. And yeah. one of the guys who I've been, my favorite pilot, Daniel... Yeah. Came in there and he he basically, he wasn't, he, he, he did us a solid. That's mm-hmm. all I got to say. The guy yeah. came in there, moved us like, you know, because our club pilot was not going to be able to get in there because he was stuck in Fairbanks mm-hmm. where Daniel was up on the North Slope. And it was the 370 miles of air travel between. There's like three weather systems you can go through. Yeah. You had Fairbanks weather, the White Mountains, and then the southeastern, south uh, slope of the Brooks Range. Yeah. Three things that these pilots had to fly through. Daniel had spent the night up there, you know, and was already in the area. He came in, moved us, and we were able to start our hunt. We moved in on the 9th. The the season started on the 10th. Since we flew that day, we weren't shooting anything on the Mm -hmm. 9th. We could only shoot caribou anyway because he had filled his grizzly tag. So we went in there and uh, hiked up to our, our, our spike camp. And the 10th came with some kind of nasty weather in the morning. And by the afternoon, though, it would everything had cleared out. But the only thing we were seeing were were uh, a lot of caribou. Yeah, I had seen some rams, but way too far for a stock that was going to happen that day. Yeah, and I didn't, you know, I think sheep hunting you got to have some patience. You may see some oh. things way out, but and it was just, you know, it wasn't going to happen that day. And at it's about eleven o'clock at night, I look back towards base camp. Yeah. So from Spike Camp, I'm looking back towards Base Camp. Base Camp's about a thousand to twelve hundred foot elevation drop, mm-hmm. but I'm looking back that direction, and here are just monster bulls, like seven mm-hmm. or eight of them. You, you could just see them; their their antlers on the skyline. Yeah, 
They're about you 700. You can see those from miles yep. away. Yep. They're about 700 scope, yards yeah. from me, and I'm looking back toward, I mean, oh. 700 yards to them and about oh. 800 yards from them is spike camp okay, or, or okay. base camp. And I was one of the guys that was with us. All right, so base, the base camp you just flew into. Yes, and okay, then we yeah. spike camped from okay, there. Okay, I was going to say, I was like, man, why fly if it's like... Yeah, no, we flew it about, uh, it was about 14 miles from okay, gotcha. the original camp where we yeah, killed that grizzly yeah. at. We flew and then... You know, they called that the strip camp, base camp, spike camp. Gotcha. So we didn't hunt from the strip camp. Yeah. I'm, my crew didn't. I'm tracking now. Okay. okay. So I told him, I'm like, uh, Scott, there, I mean, I would never advocate shooting anything like this prior to killing your ram because we're so close. We're back in here. But that is a mid-350s bull, and I can see base camp. Yeah. We could we could be we could get that bull and have him back and be back to this spot in less than twenty four hours. Yeah. And uh he was all for it. So we ended up uh going there and he made a good shot on him, quartered him up, you know, made him made, got all our pictures back to camp. I think we got back on the eleventh again at like six in the morning this time. Yeah. Yeah, we slept all day and uh Again, it's typical Arctic day. You know, there's Arctic time. You know, you well, never, there's no sun going down. Well, and that's one thing, like, you know, you end up getting on your own schedule, and sometimes there's advantages to, you know, and I think you put it well all the times where you, you're saying you, sheep hunting and a lot of hunting, I think, you, you're either going to hunt hard early or you're going to hunt hard late. Yep. It's freaking tough to do both. You can't so, do both in the state you know, of Alaska. It's it's not a bad idea that time of year up there to just hunt all night, move and hunt all night. That's exactly right. You know, yeah, we uh, and it's it's hard for lower forty eighters to realize that that that's one of the first things I tell them is we got to pick one or the other. And for me, my time it's I'm a night hunter. Yeah. So we. Uh, I basically said, hey, that's what we're going to, you know, unless you have otherwise. I just laid out the numbers. You know, we hunt all night. You're going to have to get some sleep in there. Mm-hmm. So it's it's hard for some guys to understand that sometimes we don't get up till 10 in the morning, 11 in the morning. Oh, yeah. They they don't understand that. That, what? I'm like, but I'm out till 5, 6, 7 in the morning. Yeah. How many times have we shot rams at 9, 10, 11, 12? Yep. One o'clock in the morning, yep. three o'clock in the morning. That's exactly right. You know, and I don't know, I tend to stay more on a day schedule, but and depending on where you're at, you know, down where I was that time of year, it's getting pretty yeah. dark for a few hours. So yep. you're more on a day schedule, but still that allows you to, you know, if you don't tie yourself into having to get up at four o'clock in the morning when you have that, that day extended daylight into the night, you right. know. Who cares? Sleep in, and then you know you're up and moving for a while. It gives you a few hours to, to get moving, and then you're like fresh and ready to go when those sheep are getting up in the evening and moving. That's when you see when you first spot a lot yep. of a lot of rams is when they get up to feed in the in the early evening. You know. Yep. We uh, we end up getting that caribou back to camp, back to base camp at it was like seven, six or seven in the morning. Slept. 
you know, most of that day afternoon till I think we left, we left base camp at two. No, we left at four in the afternoon. Our, our goal was to get out of there by three, but yeah. of course I always run late. So, and it wasn't, you know, we just, there was just stuff we had to do. Yeah. And we got, um, we got back up to our spike camp that we had left. Uh-huh. And on the way in, there is, I think we seen seven rams that were right across from our spike camp about 12, 1300 yards away. Yeah. That was on the night of the 11th. A couple of them were real close, you know, but I needed, you know, the sun just wasn't there. Yeah. And I needed a little better view on them. But so the next morning they were still in the same spot and uh, we needed to get a little better look at them. So we went off the hill, walked up the river and uh, ended up, uh, I spot, what was cool about this one was I explained to the client that, and when we're walking down this riverbed, always be looking up, you know. So every little drainage we went to, you know, we were constantly just looking up. Because a lot of times these rams will just come out and look down to the main river drainage. Yep. And uh, I don't know. I was, uh, I, we got to one spot and I'm like, all right, Scott, you look over here. I'm going to look here. And uh, I look up this thing and immediately he says, I see these rams. So he says, Steve, I see rams. I'm like, so I... Sure enough, that these were the rams that they had just moved over maybe 100 yards from where they were, but the distance of where we had to go, it just kind of changed the direction mm-hmm. of, of that. But sure enough, they were right right there. And it was there was only one place we could go, yeah. straight up after them. We had to wait for them to go out of sight. We left a bunch of gear down, um, put our packs on that we thought we would spend the night up there, and up we went. And, uh, I was, I don't know, 6.30. It's hard for me when I'm real, I'm, I'm visualizing this and it's, the sun is so high in the sky, but that time of year at six at night, it's high in the sky anyway. Yeah. So we got up there. We, we did, we did some climbing. I was very impressed because he told me right from get, I won't quit. I'm just a little slow, but sure enough, he was right there and we made it all the way to the top, got into position, waited these rams out. They came out just like they, you know, had done the night before uh-huh. in the same spot. And he shot the ram at like 10 minutes to midnight on oh, the 12th. Nice. So uh, he made two two good hits on him. And nice. Yeah, we, uh, I elected not to do any, you know, cutting up or anything. I just, some people think that's, you know, until they've done that before. I yeah. sometimes leave them that way, prop them up. And uh, first thing, I don't like to go bloody into a tent at night when there is grizzlies all over the place. That's one thing. Yeah. And I like, you know, good field photos mm-hmm. and not, you know, and you can't do it. Even though we have a, the light available, the camera light is still pretty bad. Yeah. Even, you know, because yeah. we, we got over to this ram at about, it took us about a half hour to get over to him, 45 minutes. So now it's about a quarter to one Yeah. by the time we got over to him. So that time... I'm, we just, you know, even on the 12th of August, there's the light available. It, and it's, you know, and one thing to point out, too, is up there, and it, it can vary year to year, but I think the weather you guys had was plenty cool enough. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, because we've done that. I had one that I, you know, when we spent that night under the paratar, that one I shot at like 1130 or midnight. Um, yeah, just I just yanked the guts out of it yep. and let it. But there's been a couple times when the weather's cool enough 
There's, you know, they're it's just not going to hurt. It's anything. not long. You're not leaving them for long enough to go. Nope. You know, nope. you it's not something you would do with a moose or a deer. No, if they're, it's they're eighty just, degrees or they're so their hide yeah. is so thick and whatnot. But yeah, a sheep. It, you know, and again, it's your higher elevation. It's cool. There's so we elected. I elected to yeah. do it. He and when it all said and done, when he got back home, when he looked back on his picture, he goes. Man, I wondered about that, but I, that was the best thing. You, that was a, one of the best advice you gave on the thing. Yeah. Because he looked at the pictures that we had at night mm-hmm. and the ones in the morning, and it was just totally different. Yeah. And the meat was, there was nothing wrong. We, we actually ate most of his ram from, with the next client crew that came in. Yeah. And we, he didn't care about, you know, he had so much meat going. You only can get so much out oh, of there yeah. that they want to, you know, take back home. He took a little bit of each thing that he got, but we, we had that ram the most of that time with the next clients that came oh, in. Yeah. But yeah, it's, uh, it was a, we got, uh, how it was is the eighth we shot one, the 10th, and he predicted we're going to get one on the 12th. And sure enough, we did. Huh. Wow. So. Uh, yeah, no, that's, man, that's pretty good. And <laughs> that's the, you know, the, the combo type hunts, a lot of them that guys put out there are, yeah, I think that some of it's gimmicky. Yeah, I agree with not, you. But, you know, and it's places like, there are places where it, if you want a chance, you know, there's a chance or you could and like, yeah. It's not you probably on average going to work out that a guy's going to get a grizzly no. in a few days, get a grizzly, a nice caribou, and a nice sheep. Right. But you yeah. know if if you can have the tag. And you know, then and then the cool thing about it is we're, we're, this river had a sea run Dolly Varden and sea run Char. We I think that client caught over two hundred fish because I oh, know man. one day he had a hundred and thirty one fish he'd caught. Jeez. I mean, big. Some of these really, really nice. Yeah, those dollies. big colored up char. And uh, yeah, char. But the the dollies and you know, one of the guys up there was he uh, he was married to a Russian girl. Married mm-hmm. to a Russian girl, and they loved their caviar. And he spent a lot of time in Russia, hmm. um, and he knew how to make this caviar, and it was it was awesome. It was some huh. of the best tasting food. I mean. We bring all the egg sacs. I have back. a skeptical look on my face. <laughs> it, 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 there was not a fishy taste at huh. all. Not even a little bit. Wow! How he had prepared because we had all kinds of salt. That yeah. was the thing you needed. Yeah, salt, and then he used one of our game, the cheesecloth game bags. Yeah, you know we doubled them up, and and that was the key to it. And then he placed it in the creek, yep. keeping it cool, and let the stuff two or three days before it was prepared. It was awesome, man. So um, we had uh, we had the next crew that came in, uh, father and son. I guided, and good guys. We they, they right from the get go, they knew what they were doing behind the gun. Mm-hmm. We 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 shot our rifles, you know, and that was a harder trip. I put in a lot more miles with them, and uh, but it was you know. Just as enjoyable. Yeah. And we were getting down to the last few days, and, uh, you know, we'd passed a couple legal rams, and I know this guy wanted something really good. Mm-hmm. So there was ones that were, you know, legal, but it was just like the light switch just switched off. We just were not seeing the numbers mm-hmm. that we had before. And um, 
it was getting down to the final hour, final day, so we switched up gears and went across the main river channel and hunted an area, and it just light switch came on over there. Huh. I mean, it was, you couldn't, where we ended up getting our ram, you could not ask for a, a easier, I mean, we, we shot this ram, he shot this ram, we were, it was just up a, a gentle river uh, drainage. Mm-hmm. It was the third um, drainage off the main. Yeah. And it was a gentle, I mean, we, I saw him from about a mile and a half, and he was down on the river drainage. Wow. On the, I mean, just. Down got, in the creek bed. Down in the creek bed. Weird. And uh, we we got up to, because we were growing after two other rams. Yeah. Clearly legal. One really, really good one. But, you know, it was one of those things, there's like, there is no way to get to these, but no matter what, we have to get there. Yeah. So that was our plan. And it was, I bet we hadn't gone up there a quarter mile when this really good ram was down in the, you know, down in the creek bed. So we ended up yeah. going all the way up there. It worked out like clockwork. I mean, huh. exactly, everything went exactly how we wanted. Got up to him where I thought he'd be. I did one of the little, you know, because we hugged the one creek side. Yep. Did the little peek up and he was right there. Yeah. And uh, by legal definition in the state, I think we had to be 100 yards from our client. Yeah. And, uh, but this ram, yards, this right? ram yeah. was like 225 yards away. Yeah. And, uh, no, no, he was 131 yards. That's right, 131 yards yeah. from me. And I told, uh, Todd was his name, and I said, his son Brody was there with, uh, with me. I says, we're going to hang right here. Just go up to that spot. It's 20 yards away and let him have it. And uh, so Brody and I were watching this whole thing. Yeah. And, you know, we were trying to peek up, and just about the time Todd got up there, I could see him starting to get his gun out. The ram came into view, knew something was up. Yeah. And was starting to get spooky. He hadn't seen us, but we were able to watch the entire thing go down. His oh, dad made cool. a perfect shot. Ram went down. You know, it was probably seven thirty, eight o'clock at night. Awesome photos. Yeah. We, you know, I that was my last client. You know, you felt good. The hunt's done. We yeah. got everything done. We got we where we where he shot from where we we were standing watching his dad shoot from. We made camp right there. So. This is all within 150 yards. Oh, man. <laughs> Got him quartered up, all the meat down, caped, everything. And uh, the next uh, morning, we were able to hike out of there with everything. And man, uh, that's, especially after all the, you know, all the rams you and I have, have had down on super steep stuff where yes, you're this clinging is. to the hill, you know. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was uh, the way. Kind of like, you know, it's, I keep saying it, but kind of like mine this year just, yeah. blew my mind where i'm able to set up my tent 50 yards from where this thing died i mean it was still almost at the top of the freaking mountain but yep you know you just don't get you know i had a big snow patch just on the other side of the saddle that i could wash the i tried to i tried to why i got a garbage bag because i had a bunch of some extra garbage bags and i threw a bunch of snow in the garbage bag went over to try and clean the blood off that thing but you know, the typical, you know, lung shot. Yeah. I'd, I'd clean his nose off and pick it, you know, set the timer, pick it up, and it's blood just gushing out of his nose, so it wasn't... Yeah, we... Didn't uh, do me a ton of good, but, uh, I, yeah, you, you definitely, after after doing it the hard way, you definitely appreciate some of those 
rams that are that yes are in easy spots easy spot you know he was we were still five miles from camp but mm-hmm. you know we had three dudes packing out yeah and it we made it all out in one trip oh, and yeah. uh so when you're on a guiding trip like that I, <clears throat> i've been i think away you know it was two and a half weeks and hey we're gonna get back you know i'm gonna get be able to get home early and this and that and yeah we, we get back to camp and uh we thought we were going to, nope, it was, I think, four or five days we spent weather. because of the weather yeah. in Fairbanks, again, was bad. Yeah. We couldn't get out, but we we had beautiful, I mean, it was like needed sunblock. Wow. But the fishing was still good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like I say, these, this client, him and his boy, they easily caught 300 fish. Oh, man. Yeah, that's, that's funny. Like the weather, you know, I... I got some bad weather the first two days hiking in. First two days hiking in, I was walking in the rain. And and then it, yeah, it was I mean, just typical weather. It wasn't super, super nice, but wasn't bad. Right. And then, you know, all the way through the time I got back, and I, I think, you know, that couple of days of rain had brought the creeks up and, you know, it was kind of sketchy going up or or down the creeks while I was up on top of the mountain. Right. But uh, you know, I really did. You didn't. see anybody back in there? I didn't see anybody. I uh, uh, forty mile flew like fifty feet over my tent when I was camped in this saddle, um, which was funny. I ended up calling him afterwards because I talked was had been talking to him about the possibility of getting flown into this drainage, and I was kind of hesitating because they had had a cancellation there, and I should have just booked it. Well, hindsight, no, nah, I did just right. fine. But and then, but he had had someone rebook book in there, and and was saying, well, I you know I could drop you in there if you promised to go hunt, only hunt this other drainage that you could easily get to from there. And I said, well, not like I'm. Yeah. And I totally respect that. You know, but you can't make it. But I'm like, I'm not. I'm not going to do that. I'm. I want to hunt where I want to hunt. Right. So. I said, you know, that's that's totally fine. I I totally understand. I don't have an issue with that, but I'm, I'll just walk in and hunt where I want to hunt. Right. Not trying to step on anybody's toes by any means, but anyway. So I walked in, and the weather was pretty low. That I think that was the evening of the eighth, and they were just starting to fly, be able to get breaks enough to get people in. And um, I heard them coming. I was sitting in my tent, and then popped my head out, and they flew right over the top so i gave him a call when i came back and so i was wondering if that was you basically called him to told him thanks because after they flew over that one time they didn't fly through that saddle again oh good you deal. Know, so because they they're ferrying people all over the place and you know you see you see him kind of flying five six times a day but uh i definitely appreciated that they that they they knew i was right there so they kind of went around that because it's basically an easy spot on yeah. their uh, easy spot or on their way yep. to a lot of other spots. So, um, but yeah, and shoot, that was even, you know, that's your guiding season was more sheep hunting than most people getting a, yeah, I a went, year. And then you, you went and got a heck of, like super nice, heavy broom yeah. ram for yourself and for and your fiance got a really nice ram yeah, too. That was, you know, it, the four rams that, you know, I, I ended up getting that, like I said, that ram, I only had a few more days to be able to hunt because I was so late coming out of the Brooks range. Yeah. My idea was going to have a 10-day hunt on my own, and they 
you know, I, I had five or six days of weather delay. So mm-hmm. now my sheep hunt was three or four days yeah. is all I was going to get, including the ride in. That's not much. 30 miles in. Yeah. And uh, so we, once we went, I went in with a buddy and uh, we should have had two monsters. We only ended up getting one, but um, that. We, we won't rag on him yeah, too much. No. And I know he still feels bad about it, but uh, yeah, it, this was probably I would he would made book one hundred percent if he wasn't broomed. Though I'm not saying he wouldn't make book as he was. Yeah, thirteen growth rings. I counted. I figure at least two are broomed broomed off of there. Yeah. Um. So we we had a it was a, a beautiful ram. Yeah. And I took the number two in the group, which was still a heavy 11-year-old. Um, let me get him. Yeah, he's all right for now. <laughs> so, um, you know, it was one of those quick in and out because I knew my fiance's ram. I really wanted to give yeah. that the time to do. And uh, she had a Delta late season permit. Mm-hmm. And we'd been in there in July. Yep. And we had such horrible weather here in the Fairbanks area. Oh, yeah. And, well, all the creeks are high, yes. and you can't, you know, it was just impossible to access the country that I yep. was kind of telling you yep. where I would take yeah, her if your, it was me. your friend had that same permit. Yep. And, uh, you know, that's weighing on my mind, because I had been in there in July. Yeah. And the river was so high, we couldn't get across where I wanted to go, mm-hmm. and we had all this rain. Well, so we're, we're driving down there, and we... We looked up a couple creek drainages that you can see from the highway mm-hmm. that are known about. I'm like, just something in my gut told me, go to your original, go to this creek where you originally wanted to go. Yeah. Just, you know, get, so we go in there, get the trailer unloaded. It was pouring down rain. We spent the night and we got up, had some good weather. We drove in and the it was nothing I had to even worry about. Yeah. We got in there in the creek, you know, that was a torrent in July, which yeah. happened to be one of the warmest days we had in there. One reason why it was the, AT- I don't think it came above the axles on the ATV. Oh, wow. So I knew right away it was, you know, when me and Frank walked out of there, it was sketchy. I had to break water for him. Uh, I, had to, I had to cross upstream of him cause he's a shorter guy than yeah. me to kind of break the water. So it wouldn't go over his boots. Yeah. But then again, we were, we came in there on the 13th of September. Yeah. Every that's the melt, the run melt off is definitely yep starting to slow way down right and the colder nights and you haven't been getting the rain right so we uh we made it you know we made it back in there and uh we went out for our first hunt seen a bunch of rams a bunch of good ones yeah and uh the next morning we went up to the toe of the glacier and you know we we seen some a good legal really good legal ram and uh he went left we went right type deal yeah where we you know I could see uh, she was getting a little, my fiance was getting a little bit uh, discouraged because we're walking back at two in the morning. Yeah. Pitch black. She goes, I just don't know if I'm cut out for this. I'm like, sweetheart, I would have done this. this I'd have been in the same boat we are right now. Yeah. I, I'm treating this like it's my hunt. Mm-hmm. He went one way, which he shouldn't have. We, he should have never done that. That ram should have, they yeah. bedded down at four in the afternoon, never got back up. Wow. I mean, that's not, you ever, I mean, I never hear that. No. Four in the, mor- four in the afternoon, they laid down. They should have got up about seven, eight o'clock at night to feed. 
They never did. They never got up. Yeah, and then bed down right about dark. You right. Know? And uh, when we, I was waiting for them, we'd have been in range, and they never appeared. So I figured, well, maybe they just got out of there. Well, we walked back to camp far enough that I could see up the mountain, and they'd been in the same spot. Yeah, and that's a tough, that canyon's tough because it's, it's so steep yes. that you can't see the stuff from the yep. bottom, you know. It, you kind of got to either get far enough down the canyon, up the canyon, or up on the other side. Yep, exactly, and we were down in the toe of the glacier. Yeah, and it's, so, yeah, it's, so yeah, you guys were literally, like, I think, right underneath where... Yeah, now, this is up the main, that. no, this oh, is the main, the main okay, drainage. okay, different, yeah. Man, so we, we were camped on that uh, left fork, so we went back to camp. At night, she was a little discouraged. You know, we got into bed. I think it was 2.30 in the morning. And so I got up early. When I say early, it was early for us because we'd only been sleeping for six hours. Yeah. We are going to make her some coffee. I'm like, well, let me just go up and just look up the drainage here. Mm-hmm. Just real close. They get up. I get up in the morning, and I bring my uh, jet boil up there, and, uh, and I'm stuck for about a half hour. Because there are there are thirty rams between one hundred and fifty yards and nine hundred and eighty yards. <laughs> so I come back when I was able to sneak belly crawl down back to little the little tent there, yeah. and uh, we uh, we had. She goes, "Where you been?" I'm like, "There are thirty rams between here and there." Yeah, and I says, "There is a monster in the group." She goes, what do you mean? I go, there is a nice double broomer. So um, she got up. We had a little bit of coffee there and watched these rams. And I told her basically how this was going to work. We would just walk up the drainage and uh, try to keep – the biggest thing was keeping the 30 rams because he was the last ram. He, I shouldn't say he was the last. There was one more ram above him. Yeah. But he was in the last group. So you had all these other rams yes. that you were going to try and not blow out to get yes. within range of him. And uh, she did awesome. I, I mean, I like I say I guided a bunch of clients this year, and you know, it's it's nice when somebody takes every word you say one as is, you know. Yeah. And, I, and it worked out. We we stuck to one side of it, and we just walk a little bit until their all their heads were down, and you know, you're trying to stay out of a group of 15 rams that are right above you, and finally the the hill of the mountain keeps you you know shaded. Yep. You walk up a bit, and uh, once you're there, we uh, he was originally 980 yards away, and uh, when we actually got to him, he was, I think we shot him at a mile and a half from camp. Yeah. She made a 367-yard one-shot hit on this, nice. and she did not start shooting until the 5th of April. Yeah. Never had hunted big game until she got her brown bear in May. Yep, with her 708. 708, you know, pink rifle. Yeah. Fireweed pink. <laughs> so that was uh, my 41st ram that either I was involved with getting. Yeah. And uh, which, I don't know, I I, uh, I had a, um, a I, I, it was an awesome, it was a, the prettiest of all the rams I got. Ten and a half year old, double yeah, broom. Beautiful sheep. And I seen a 43-inch tipped ram that was a 10-and-a-half-year-old, same year. Man. And he, these two could have been brothers. I mean, there was the exact same horde configuration, except this one broomed off, and that other one tipped out. Man. That was exactly, I mean, the same, at the seven-year, seven-year mark, yeah. a really short season there, they both had the exact same. 
Yeah, mine had that had that same short ring. Yep, from Toke. Yep. So we, uh, but again, three hundred sixty-seven yard shot. She made an awesome, awesome hit on this on this ram. One shot down he went, cleaned him up, and where where it really got sketchy was our walk out. We shot him at two thirty in the afternoon. Yeah, it was so steep and nasty in this glacier. We didn't even get to him till three. Because that, yeah, where you where you got him was, I think, straight across the canyon from where, yep. from where Frank you guys got in fifteen. Yeah, in fifteen we got that ram, and it's same. We shot his at like five o'clock in the evening, and it, I mean, it's both sides of that canyon are steep. Yep. So we got over there, we did our pictures, started quartering them up, caping and this and that. Um, she, you know, knew in the mountains, but knew. It was so awesome how she was able to just realize what I was thinking. Hey, this is what's the step next. She said, what can I do? She knew we had to get this meat down off the mountain. So she did. She took him all the way down to the river, half of him, dropped him off, and came back. By the time I was ready to go, we'd gotten everything. Think Down we went. Yeah. And uh, But in that amount of time, darkness came in, like th- bad, thick darkness. Yeah. Uh, raining, and then it turned to fog. Yep. And then it turned to that mist. And your headlamp shined about 10 feet literally in front of you. Trying to walk off a mountain with only 10 foot of visibility, we ended up being cliffed out three times, having to walk back up, walk back down, walk back up, walk back down. So we stashed the horns and the cape and because we couldn't find the other part of the meat. Yeah. And I had a GPS. She didn't GPS that, which she didn't have one. And I, yeah. you know, I didn't falter for that. Made it back to camp at about one thirty in the morning, and it took us about three hours to go that mile and a half. Yeah. And uh, got up the next morning. I buzzed up there. She took the meat that we had brought down back to our our uh, departure point, our ATVs. Mm-hmm. I, it only took me a two hours and five minutes to do the round trip. Oh, nice. All the way yeah. up, got the horns, got the meat, out we came. So, yeah, that was the same. With, we- but with, with sunlight... Totally different thing. Totally different story. Yeah, Frank and I had a very similar night. We got <laughs> teasing around up his dog. Yeah, he's uh like I say, he's got this little bottle here that he just is not stopping biting. So, but yeah, we had a very similar night in that uh, it was it was pitch black by the time we got down. But we were down in the creek. I think before, but the same thing that fall, you know, that mist settled yep. in, and a lot of times, you know, once we kind of got out of the stuff, we really had to see right where our feet were. We shut our headlamps off because you could see better in the dark without your yep. headlamp. You know, we and we, <laughs> we we were we were camped a little bit farther down than you guys. I think it sounds like were, but uh, you know, it was it's one of them things we just seen the reflective tab on our couple of reflective tabs on the tent and i think we made it back to camp at like three o'clock but yeah that was a that was a heck of a ram and uh which i guess while we're on sheep i had uh i i uh, get emails occasionally and one one guy was like kind of wanted to hear and you're a good one to get the take on um whether or not the uh the current full curl or legality regulations yeah, should be visited or whatever. He was wondering, you know, does it? Do we think it makes um, kind of turns a lot of 
regular guys into criminals sort of thing because of, you know, just making mistakes and, you know, misjudging sheep, shooting sublegal ones. Um, I don't know. You could probably get as deep into it as you wanted to. I don't think, I don't personally think it needs to be changed. I think with the, a couple of years ago with the, it, it wasn't a change on the legalities or the different ways a ram can be legal, but a clarification that they published that little sheep booklet, mm-hmm. sheep judging booklet. Um, I think that clarification has made a big difference because before, you know, and I mean, how many times have we talked about, um, you know, even with the troopers, yeah, you know, they they get- landed up there in a helicopter sealing our rams and, you know, explain this to me. So, you know, they're all, all it was was just a, an illustration in the reg book, which technically isn't even the reg books. Right. <laughs> you know, that, that whole, that's right. a whole nother circus. But, you know, I'm like, well, explain this to me. I've never seen a sheep that grows with that, con- that exact configuration. And so it's always, and you hear guys talk about the stick test and the, the, you know, the, right. the tube test and all this stuff. And I think, you know, it it was confusing to some, I think, but uh, since they pu- since they published that clarification, um, the the sublegal take has gone way down. I want to yeah, say they al- think- you know, also the the broomed slash, slash broken. Yeah, because they, they they've quantified changed- where hey, yeah. if his lamb tip is there, he's not broken slash broomed. You, this is not yeah. illegal under that. But they made that pretty cut and dry. If it, the lamb tip's gone. And both lamb tips are gone. He is legal. Yeah, since you know, because they they went through a period because before it just said broomed, and then they went through a year or two where it was defined as had to be broken. Like remember that that ram you shot that I think it was that year. Yep, twenty sixteen. You get it back. You know, you judge it. All right, legal. Shoot it. Yeah, all right, legal. And then you get back to town and you get nervous all over again. Yep. And I'm like, no, yeah. Until you get to somebody that. Knows he's like, you know, this particular guy's yeah. like, if the lamb tip is gone, this is the, le- the you know, yeah. So once they actually, you know, and it was another year or so, and then they they published that and defined it, so it's like, all right, now we have a concrete, mm-hmm. you know, broomed, broken, because a lot of them like that one, he was busted off, and a lot of them will bust it off and rub it smooth. Right. It's like, all right, do we we call that broken? You just. It's such a nerve-wracking thing sometimes. Right. You talk yourself into thinking that you shot a sublegal. You know, when they're full curl and you can see, that's, you know, plain. Yeah. But when they're, you know, I a buddy shot a ram that was clearly legal a year before. Yeah. But it wasn't this year because that's not broken. Well, it's broomed off just like, you know, well, that's not broken. Yeah. So then they put the, you know, they clarified that with the lamb tip, which... That, yeah. that right there cleared it all up. So, yeah, I would say, you know, to, to the guy that asked the question, I would say, no, like, especially after this cl- this clarification on sheep legality and judging pamphlets come out, I don't think there needs to be any any change at all. You know, any change, you know, you drop to three-quarter where you, yeah, you're just going to kill a bunch of younger rams yep. that are, and, and the way the, that, that reg is set up, Hunting has zero impact on Correct. the population. Yeah, once you know. once the, our, we're shooting surplus rams. Yeah, you know the more even just natural mortality goes Correct. way up. On I mean, of all the the winter kills we've found, most of them are either seven or eight yes, years old. That's right. 
And uh, that's just what, you know, we have, you know, witnessed in the backcountry. And like I say, they're all, they say a legal ram in this state is a surplus ram. Yeah. So I don't think there needs to be anything. I just think people need to be more careful on yeah. what they don't take borderline rams. Yeah, that's like, the biggest thing. You know, and it, and it has, maybe it was Tony was telling me that they only had like two, they went from about 10%. Before this thing was published, they went from about, I want to say, 10% of the sheep killed were sublegal to, you know, I think he said they only had a couple. Yeah. This, and, you know, and at you the could, point at the time I talked to him, right. they only had a couple. And I think you also, I think there has been a lot more surplus rams, too, which I think would... There you know, could be but seen a lot more out there. I mean, I yeah, I know. there there certainly are. Well, because you always have the guys that bitch and complain about how they can't find sheep and there's no sheep and they're all being decimated and right. You know, there's areas that have bad winters and get hit kind of hard. You know, it's the the weather and predation have a way bigger impact than way it's bigger. not hunting. No, exactly. you know, but because even like the populations in some of the heaviest guided areas in the state still have tons of rams. You know. The hunting is more difficult for a number of reasons, you know, and there may not be a crop of just monster rams because they're getting clipped off, but, you know, there's still a lot. So that, yeah, like you said, I think the biggest thing is just that people are careful. I mean, believe me, I've done it enough that I I very well know how much work's involved, how tough it is sometimes, especially if you're new to it, to in the mentality where you finally get where you're right there on a ram, you want him to be legal more than anything in the world, but you just have to, you can't take chances. You know, if, even if you're like, Oh, I'm pretty sure he's legal. If you're not sure, sure. Don't, it's not worth it, man. You're pretty sure is a tough thing to, yeah. To even, 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 you know, taking any tickets you're getting out of it, man, do you really want to shoot a sheep? That pack you're going to have to pack it all the way out, and you're turn it, it in, and then you're going to be the guy that. Yeah, you just, you're going to even just even if no one else like you're going to have to live with. Yeah, some people that doesn't bother, but most people, you know, it bugs you to know it, knowing that you screwed up even accidentally. Yep. So yeah, that if that helps out that emailer, that guy that yeah. contacted you, I don't, I don't think that that needs to be changed, or you know, I think it's. Yeah. I mean, it's it's nerve wracking, and it it and it it demands some serious attention. But I mean, biggest thing, even if you want them to be legal, man, if if and look at them all you want, but if they're not clearly legal, if you got to try to make those horns grow, leave them alone. I would like to see the state on ones that are questionable. Yeah. Now we're not talking three quarter curl or a pl- or something that that yeah. clearly is not a legal ram, mm-hmm. but rams that are, you know, is that a growth ringer? Is that you know? Yeah. They've talked about ones that are fall into this that they go to a three judge panel, where you have a trooper on the panel, mm-hmm. you have a a biologist on the panel, and maybe you have a guide or a resident hunter that's on this panel, and they vote. Yeah. Yes, that, you know, reasonably, yes, that is a legal ram or that's not. And because there's, how many times have you gone to get your ram sealed and it's different than what you, 
who are an experienced sheep hunter, age-wise. Well, a couple of, for sure. All right. Several and times. we'll take the sheep hunter out of the biased. How and, many, you get, and you get different people there. Right there. Thinking different, you know. Troopers. That are looking at them all day long. Correct. You know. It's, so, ones that fall into that, you know, you know, that could be legal. I really think that you, you could, you know, this panel could be, hey, you know, in this area, you have one in the Fairbanks area, one, you have one in the Anchorage, you know, the main places that we have these yeah. at, and they get judged. And yes, that's, you know, yeah. So, because the only, the, you know, when you're talking age, I think they say the only way to 100% verify is to half. cut the horns in yep. half, and yep. then you can see where it's at. But you're in the process, you're destroying correct whatever, you, you know, trophy so, value that thing yeah, is. and this year was an example of a that my personal ram. Yeah. Um I thought he was an 11-year-old ram. Yeah. And uh when we got to the to the uh the ceiling um the one sealer there was like, "Oh, that's that's 10." I'm like, "Okay, what about this one here?" And one of the Joe Want, I don't you know you know who Joe yeah. is, and he's you know very knowledgeable. He looked at it. It's like no, that's a growth ring there. You yeah, know, he he sized up. If Joe says something like that, I, you know people ought to take heed. This guy is probably in the state of Alaska, seen more you know dead rams as far as horns and doing the configuration and what he's done for the fishing game. Then Tony happened to just come in to say hello to me. Yeah, and they got his opinion. So. There was four people in there, and one guy who, you know, no, I didn't think that that was, but he got basically talked into it by his colleagues. Yeah. It was plainly a growth ring. It was just one of those years. And yeah. what Joe did was backed it up to a bunch of rams they had in there. Okay, if he's this age, look where this one was. Look at the short growth. I mean, and they've got this data that yeah, they're doing. Because we talked about that on a couple, you know, another episode recently about how I think you know it was the last one about you know rams that like in fourteen the rams Frank and I killed up in the brooks. They both have a same you know that could be our. You could argue it's a false ring. I think it's an age ring. You know, they both have yeah. this. It's the same short year, and then. You know, but across across ranges like that short year in these Alaska range rams. Yep. Um, and if you can, you know, quantify that by showing, n- nobody deserves a ticket then. Yeah. And with that being said, you know, if this is, they get, you know, with a technician looks at it and it's not, you know, questionable ram, if it's not clearly legal. Yeah. They have to call the trooper. Trooper comes over. What if that guy is or a girl is just not schooled at this? I mean, it's their say whether you're getting this citation. Yeah. Then, then it's up to if you want to have a jury trial to say, you know, which I just say, you know, it, yeah. I be- if you don't, I think I like that idea. And same thing, kind of get me sidetracked on on the trooper thing. You know, I you know overall I think they do a really they good do a job. really good job. You know yeah. everyone can have their gripes with the with of the course. trooper, the feds, or whatever. Um, what it boils down to, I think, is they're human beings too, and they can't be. Comp- they do have a responsibility to know certain things, but it's a they, subjective you know, thing on some of these growth like, like that. It just reminded me, you know, they can't be experts in every single field. Um. 
you know, it reminded me of a guy talking. He had, I think, it was a Facebook, a Facebook kind of thread that I was mm-hmm. a few years back. The guy had had shot a brown bear down on the Kenai, I think, with a longbow. And it took them a few days. They finally got dogs and, and found it. And by the time they found it, you know, the hide's toast. It's yeah. it's rotten. And, and so they salvaged this. They, you know, got it scum the best they could and reported to the troopers. Be like, hey, this is what happened. You know, we could. it took us this amount. And the guy was, I just remember him talking about being basically, I don't know, interrogated is the word, but seriously questioned about, his. you know, all right, well, I want wounded lost this bear took you a long time to find it you know what bow are you using and then you know the see it long bow well, why would you want to use that thing type of deal and then well how heavy are your broadheads and so he told him you know had 150 200 grain broadheads oh well they have to be 300 when and the troopers like telling him oh they have to be 300 when it's your total arrow weight that has to be 300 Correct. grains you know there's a lot of things like no it's you know and i i can't remember if this was the case with that one. I'd heard of a similar one where a guy, you know, all right, well, his bow was marked, you know, 48 pounds at at 28 inches, which is a standard for a traditional bow. A guy that makes it 28 inches, they most boyers will mark the weight at 28 inches. And he said, oh, well, it's, it's not a 50-pound bow. You know, I'm going to have to write you a ticket. He's like, no, you don't understand. Like, my draw length is longer, so it's a... It's right. over fifty pounds type of deal, you know. That just reminded me of that. So, yeah. What's so when you're when you're charged with enforcing these laws, which are way a lot of them are way more complex than they the regulation be. books we are afforded, right? Um, which I've also been told. Oh, you mean the handy dandy reference? I'm like, dude. It says the freaking hunting regulations on it. Like, what do you exactly. do you expect me to carry around? the volume of statutes right. with me you know so that type of deal you know and it so there's a few things that it's like yeah well i'd be willing to court, go to court over it but who who wants to get wants through the mud that. when you know you're not doing anything wrong right you in a you know it's in your heart too is you you, you take a gram out of uh you know yeah this was a i counted up rings on what have you i yeah. mean i'm not here to but again i like I like the idea, and it's not my idea. This yeah. is something I heard from a few people that there should be a panel of judges on ones that are close. Yeah, they I, could I, do I, something like at the end of the season. Correct. Just, you were just have waiting. all those questionable ones go in for a day, and yes, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, and if if this three judge panel, you know, the majority, you know, everybody's you know vote, you know, nobody's is worth more than the other, but. Hey, I think that, you know, you could really, you know, cut down on some of this stuff that is questionable. So Yeah. Yeah, big time. Um that wasn't even it for you. Did now did you did you did just Donnie shoot a goat this year or did you shoot one too? No, no. I she she had a uh, Kodiak, as far as I'm concerned, one of the best uh one of the best uh uh goat permits on Kodiak. And we flew into an area, and we uh, there were so many brown bears up in there. It was yeah. unreal because they had a bad salmon run, mm-hmm. but they had a good berry crop. And we noticed them eating some kind of a root up there. Huh. I'd never seen these bears do this, but they were digging up this root, and they would stay there for, I mean, 
I watched one bear. He didn't go more than 10 yards in two days. Wow. Just laid around this. And, he, and I, after he'd gotten out of there, I went over there and looked at this, what he was after. It was a some kind of a plant root that he was just eating. Weird. I know. No yeah. kills were over there. And I, that's what I thought. Well, maybe there's a kill. Yeah. But I'd seen other bears. I'd seen 35 bears in this area that, uh-huh. you know, and I wasn't glassing for bears. Yeah. I mean, that's how many bears are up in this. So we had some kind of crappy weather, but we had a couple good hunt days and we, she, she made it. I mean, she's a trooper when it comes to getting it done. She yeah. knows all, I call her all business <laughs> when, you know, when you yeah. need to do it, you need to do it. And, uh, on the goat, believe it or not, it was her that said, I think we can do that. Cause I was going after this other set of goats Yeah, that I thought would be a little more accessible and not, but she goes, I think we can do that. And I looked up there and I'm like, you know what? She's right. Mm-hmm. It's always good to have, you know, I've been years in the mountains, but sometimes maybe a fresh set of eyes. Fresh look or, yeah, second opinion. I mean, like, yep. you know, whenever we hunted with each other, we're just, just a constant ba- bouncing ideas. Yeah. And, you know, I looked at that hill and I'm like, you know what? She's right. There, you know, we go over here and up and shoot. I think we had that goat less than an hour later wow. on the ground. Man. You know, and we wouldn't even have been able we wouldn't even be able to walk to the goats I was going to by then. Yeah. <laughs> so we're, you know, uh, as I say, I'm not going to want to walk over a dollar to pick up a dime. Yeah. <laughs> so in this goat, I preliminary measured him at 53 inches. Jeez. So right at 10 inches, 10 and an eighth. Man, that's a big. Six and an eighth on the, whole, on the basis. So I think he'll probably go in the high 51s. Because yeah. that was a quick measurement, yeah. Tyler. That wasn't, you know, real down, but it's. You know, a, I, I think a big belly. Oh yeah, for, sure, for yeah. a first one, and especially a Kodiak. You yeah. know, like Kodiak's not. I mean, they got they got nice goats, yep. but yep, and <laughs> splitting hairs between a really nice goat and a monster yeah, goat. Yeah, that's is it not is, and a that's a big difference. No, and uh, but anyway, shit was a that was a we went from that hunt and came off of that one there, and uh, we toured. I'd never been to Kodiak Island other than the city. Yeah. I mean, over to the Coast Guard Center, to this, to the flight uh, Trident Basin. Yeah, there. that is yep. it. So we had a couple days left on both, and we toured. We went all the way out to the the launch complex. Yeah, yep, that's cool. Out then there. we went to the other end on the entire road system. We drove. Yeah, went to a couple restaurants there that you wouldn't know about, and were really good. Yeah. So she loved Kodiak, loved it. Yeah. What restaurants did you hit? We hit. Uh, it was a, a one in a little town, Olds. Which, like, you come right up and you take a right to go to the missile complex. Okay. And there's, it's a really nice restaurant. I don't even know the name of it, but um, Taj says, hey, if you get out that way, go to this place. You dead end into it. You go right this way and left this way. And it's right there. Nice. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't been there. I know, uh, well, of course, everybody that's ever been to Kodiak is eating at Henry's. Oh, yeah. And it's good. But uh, that, uh, I remember when we got back from our goat hunt, we each, me and uh, John, <laughs> we each ate a whole large pizza from the pizza pit there by oh, the yeah. brewery. That yeah. place is good. Oh, yeah. We actually, we went there too, went to the brewery. So yeah. Kodiak is, I love Kodiak. And I told her that she'd never been there. Yeah. And uh, I, uh, we loved it. Yeah. So. And I guess uh, I wanted to hear too, because I, I hadn't hear, heard that, the story of the goat hitting your backpack. Yeah. Until um, today. So before we went down, I don't. I know this happened in late September. There was a couple guys hunting in South, you know, Anchorage area. Yeah. 
in around that area. I think it was on Mount Susitna. I, don't quote me on that one, but um, two guys, and one was in some serious bad shape. The other one they expected, you know, he was in better shape but expected to live. Yeah. I don't know the whole outcome of it, but what had happened was the one guy had shot the bear, and the bear did the death roll tire, they you know, black tire. like Gary's that one time. Yeah, they yeah. look like a, they do. That's what I look at them. It's like one of these big black tractor tires rolling down the hill is what that's what i look at him at and this grizzly ran right into this dude knocked him you know knocked him off the mountain and uh so that's in my mind you know when you're goat hunting goats get messed up because it's something that it's something you wouldn't think you typically don't think about you know you're gravity you shooting (laughs) shooting an animal uphill and having that animal actually like come close to hitting you on its way down so uh, that she she hits this goat, a solid hit on him, solid. Yeah. And, but he didn't go down immediately. Like goats don't. I mean, goats are tough. They're yeah. toughest animal. They're tougher than grizzlies, as far as yeah. I'm concerned. Far the t- tenacity to live. Mm-hmm. So it was some rough country, and uh, I w- I got up in there, and uh, I was I wanted to put him down. I didn't want him, you know, getting any farther. Getting yeah. Place. So I put a round in him to put him down. And, uh, um, so she's down below and, uh, I left my backpack down there. It was about a 250, 300 yards about how, you know, I had to hike up to this. Yeah. So she's down in this little Creek drainage, you know, I walked little up shoot it, a, a bullet, shoot. Yeah. yeah. But it's essentially when the runoff happens, snow melt, it is a Creek drainage. Yeah. And I got my backpack sitting right there. And she's got hers, and she's sitting right next and watching me the whole time. And before I shot this goat, I told her, hey, sweetheart, I'm yelling at this. Yeah. Yelling at her to get out of the creek drainage. Get out of the creek. She didn't understand. I'm like, you have to go left. Keep going left. And I keep, kept yelling that. And she was out of there before I put the, you know, because this goat was at the top of this creek drainage. Yeah. And like goats do he i didn't think he was going to but he ended up doing it anyway he he was he hung up good in the rocks yeah and then he decided to pick his head up and then that's all she wrote he rolled all the way down and exactly i mean if it would hit her doing 30 miles an hour i bet he was rolling down the hill and it hit my backpack and sent my backpack all over the mountainside i mean i just see my sleeping bag bouncing like a bouncing basketball and my first aid kit and my spotting scope. And the one that went all the way down to the bottom of the mountain was my first aid kit, oh, my sleeping man. bag, my down jacket. It was, you know, sleeping bags in, yeah. a, in a stuff sack and a down jacket. But they bounced all the way down. Yeah. Didn't you, you were telling me you figured he caught his horn caught on that thing horn, and ripped rip, that pack rip, ripped wide the open? Pack, go uh, wide open. So, uh, but... uh <laughs> You know, I had... That's a high-speed come apart. It, well, it was... I'm just glad that it... You it know, wasn't her, yeah. Right, you know, that I had the forethought to... Because, ha- you know, when they're coming down the mountains and a novice hunter, you know, you just don't... Like you say, you just made You're a just comment. Like, you don't oh, think well, of that. No way that thing's going to clobber right. me. It would have, for yeah. sure, without question. I mean, Jeez. she yeah. was sitting... The backpack was right there. Yeah. It took my backpack out. My only thing is I should have had her get my backpack as well. <laughs> but... You know, yeah. At least it's just stuff, you know. Yeah, exactly. So we were able to, you know, he, to believe it or not, he wasn't beat up as bad as I thought he wow. would have been. 
he broke a little horn, but it didn't break off. Yeah. And uh, a little bit of uh, a little bit of uh, cape on the on the nose. Yeah. And a little bit Boy, of the their, eyes. Their faces are so, so tender, yeah. like that that goat. Um, which finally we're getting around the mountain. That one, that goat I shot with you in the Chugach. Yeah. Um, because he was like a 47, 48 inch goat. But yeah. He, uh, his face was, and a lot of times you don't see it till it comes back from the tan, you know, some of the damage to the face. Yep. Um, uh, cause Skip had told, he's, he said, ah, I could fix it, but he said, I'd have a lot of time in it. So we're just going to do, he's got an old, uh, not, not cause everyone does the Trapper Nelson mounts, but this will be like an old camp trails pack frame and just going to mount the head and make it look natural you know realistic you so know, that'll be uh, cool because I, I have a half body i took a half body cape yeah. of him i know that this trapper nelson thing is like a big deal like but i was like well do you mount your 30 30 on there and yeah <laughs> i you know everybody has their own taxidermy deal and i'm not saying that i just for me it's that, what you, I'd be putting them in my Stone Glacier pack, or I'd be putting them in my Kafaru pack, yeah. or my, you know what I, I just. Yeah. So this one is not fully retro. It's like semi-retro, yeah. I guess. I mean. But yeah, I mean, they're, and I get it, like, they're a good looking, like, but yeah, it is kind of funny when you think about, all right, you. you yeah, I just, you know, I'm not hunting back in the, you know, when those, <laughs> I, I'm not. Yeah. I, you know, I'm using modern stuff, and so. Why, I, I like the idea of it, yeah. putting them in, but why not use the backpacks we're using right now? Yeah. Seriously. I, no, that's, I'd never, <laughs> I, the, the question has not been posed and I think it's, that's not a bad one. I, I'm not, I didn't go, I didn't bring him out in that kind of a backpack. I yeah. brought him out in a stone <laughs> glacier or my Barney's or whatever, yeah. you know, we're using. I don't think there's probably anybody using a Trapper Nelson pack. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, again, this is just my opinion. I know that this is like, a big thing right now and i just like i like the idea but i'm going to use my own pack yeah so i uh but anyway yeah so we were very lucky on that but that honestly comes from that comes from i'd say experience knowing yeah. you know there's some that, that 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 wouldn't even she told me later that i would have never even thought of that yeah it wouldn't even have crossed my mind. And even most experienced hunters aren't, like, it wouldn't have even crossed your mind till the thing's about right. 20 yards away from you. Then you're scrambling to get out yeah. of the way. So, and yes, I, the guys that this happened to down there, that brought it to the forethought of my mind, but I'm st it's still one of those things that, there are so many things in the backcountry that it's not the things that you think would hurt you. Bears, yeah. you know, get, that rarely with the the statistical numbers that that happens to is so low. Yeah. It's the things that you don't think. Yeah, there's a a guy that's all pretty well known that was um recently a deer hunting on Kodiak and he'd put a picture up gutting a night, you know, super nice buck, you know, after dark and the caption long story short and you see this a lot people stress and oh got to hurry up and get this thing gutted. And and out of here, it's dark on Kodiak, and there's bears sneaking up on us from all directions. And I'm like, well, dude, there's a guy taking the picture. I see two other guys and you. There's four, four dudes standing there around a fresh deer. I'm like, a bears, you got more, more a yeah. way better chance of someone getting killed walking back to camp, tripping over alder root, and hit their head on a rock. Yes, I. You know, it's it's not it's, and it's something like a lot of things in the backcountry. 
it's you don't ignore Correct. it. You pay attention. You pay attention. But you're not in a even on Kodiak. You know, it's there's not danger behind every bush. There's not even you know, and like because this, I think it's it may be out now. My goat story in outdoor life um, from this spring hunt, and I talk about bears a little bit in there, and you know, guys do get tore up occasionally. Um, but you know, we up on that side hill walking across, looking at goats about to cross a gully and before you know it, I'm hearing a cub ball in 30 yards down in the alders and then mom's huffing and puffing and crashing through the brush and stuff. And, you know, it was like, even like now, now we're talking about a danger before, up until that happened, we're talking just, and I wasn't paying I could have been doing, I could have had my rifle in my hand and not in the backpack was about the only thing right. different. You're just paying attention and then, you know, but now we're talking about a potentially dangerous situation and it just didn't materialize into one. She just left. Right. But, uh. Like most. Yeah. So, you know, there's so many things and I, you know, I don't know, it, it irritates me when people try to play, really play up dangers that aren't necessarily there it's like you may be scared of bears right you may be scared shitless to be like out of your tent after dark it doesn't mean you're in danger right exactly right so in whatever situation whether it's you know you know a goat or a bear fall or rocks like falling rocks how you set up your camp um right just all these things that you with experience especially learn second nature just to watch out for but but you or me you know like and I don't want it to sound like bragging, but I hunt a lot by myself, you know, where it's, you know, tracking that freaking grizzly bear through the brush with my 12 gauge by myself at one o'clock in the morning or going cheap hunting by myself or any of this stuff we do. It's, you know, you just have to have your head in the game and yeah, you'd be paying attention. It does. It doesn't mean right. that you're, that you're actually in danger. And I think to a degree, you know, and maybe sometimes it's good to scare people. Yeah. <laughs> have a few more people out there doing the stuff we like to do. But really, I mean, all it does is, you know, you may, some some people definitely do try to use it to like puff, make themselves look like they're right. a little bit more manly than they than yep. they, than yep. just normal human beings. The but, statistical uh, numbers of bear attacks and the amount of people that are out there. I just, I look at it that numbers. Even on Kodiak. Even on, on Kodiak. And the most bear infested areas of Kodiak. Yeah. There was a lot of deer taken this year by bears. And yeah. that was, you know, you know, I, I personally talked to a guy that they had uh, four hunters, 12 deer. Nobody came out with it. The yeah. bears just took them all. Yeah. And, but nobody got hurt. Nobody got hurt. And it more than that particular thing, it was more the situation. Yeah. I'm like, you know, okay, you get a few deer hanging back hanging at camp in yep. a exactly in a in a spot where, you know, they come uh, in air night. taxis drop drop yeah. you and their bears are used to there being dead deer around there. Yeah, yeah like you you're gonna have issues or, or, or even it would not even be like it wouldn't be a shock to have you know you got your four guys around your deer and and you may hear a bear that smelled that deer and stomping around the brush but he's not gonna yeah like it would be a one in a billion bear that would actually come in with four dudes there and try to take it from you you know they they'll hang around i mean i've had moose yeah 
at night that I've had bears certain, you know, you can hear them banging around, yep. but they don't go in, they don't commit till it's not, and it's not like, you know, the, it's not something, it's not like the Renella crew that they had their elk meat hanging in a tree for two days and a bear was able to kind of come in there and it get established and then react defensively. Yep. Yeah. I don't, could this happen? Yes. If, if you, if, if you didn't go into the back country for all the things that could happen, uh, you'd never oh, yeah. leave the couch. Yeah. Right? So It's just, more, I mean, you're, you're, you're way more likely to get killed driving to work in the morning uh, than you are to get bald by a bear. I, I am, that's Not to I, take away from the guys that it happens to, because it... Right. But... but I'm certainly not going to be in a f- that fearful of that thing happening to me. So, you know, again, I still think that you... Uh, you got to have your head in the game, but you can't be so paralyzed for, with fear that you don't even yeah. leave your. Yeah, I mean, I like I know of guys that have come up, you know, friend, you know, friends of friends that have come up on on different hunts and basically, you know, at least rumored that you know the word for my buddies. Oh well, they didn't weren't really able to hunt that much because they were scared of bears or yeah. scared of, right. you know, didn't leave camp or were scared to be out out of camp after dark or something like that you, you know, hear it you all just, the time you just can't let Fear and, and it's over. funny because we do this stuff so much that it's it's right. plainly obvious to us but man every everybody that has that only dreams of being able to see this country do this kind of stuff man it's like hook line and sinker you know yeah this uh client that i uh first one he's a really good dude yeah and uh but he did not tell his he was an older i mean it was my age yeah when I say older guy, he was my age, had wife, kids. He did not tell his dad what he was doing. Huh. Did not tell his dad he was coming up. He told his dad he's going on a fishing trip. Yeah. Because <laughs> his dad would give him the third degree and, you know, and on and on. So he never told his dad what he, because bears. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, in the Brooks range. I mean, there are, obviously he got one. Yeah. But. Man, the 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 <laughs> at least elite, well, Gary's kind of the exception, <laughs> uh, right? My brother has had a few problems with him, you know, and I think there was a couple two years. I don't think he came out with anything, you know. Yeah. Again, they there they, were reasons for that too, you know. They once the defensive once they take hold of something, yep, and they consider that theirs. That's entirely different than. The, the situation you said. Yeah. Where you got yep. a deer down, you got four dudes around it, he would have to be really hungry or... Something wrong with him. I, yeah. I just, I'm, you hear about the lower 48 things, but everyone that I, oh, they were just cleaning the, the gutting the thing and the stuff. I've read lots of those, but one thing that always is common, they came in afterwards to the kill site. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where that bear had just done that. Hey, this is mine. Yeah. You ain't going to, and I may let you get in and because I'm, you know, in a defensive posture and then I'm going to strike. I, I have never had a reliable source tell me that they shot a deer or any other animal and a bear came up and took it from them. Yeah. I, some, you know, I've, I've heard some where guys have shot one and a bear was close by and got to it, got to the ant, the deer before they did. That's a, 
but now, it's, it's now a that's different turned, story. That's turned into a, yeah. this is mine now, but not running hunters yeah, out. I, I mean, that's not saying those, it hadn't happened. Those, I just, you know, and some other, because I was, you know, we had a, a little bit of a discussion on that because I commented, I was like, dude, like, don't, it's, yeah, this isn't near as big a deal as as you're trying to make it sound. And there was one guy, it wasn't, it wasn't him, he was totally, you know, reasonable there was one guy that oh what about this and then some other um podcast guy had a uh had a guy that lives on kodiak i don't know if it's a coast guard guy or what i had never heard of it but this last fall got tore up by a bear on a fognac elk hunting and the guy you know tagged me in the the picture see another example i'm like well and i did listen to it after i was like well i haven't listened to it but i have a heart i would be shocked if they had just shot a deer and were cleaning it, and the bear snuck up on him and attacked him. And it wasn't he like was moving. Sounded like long story short, moving quick through the brush to try and get closer to these elk, basically, and stumbled on this sow brown bear with a cub. Right at close range, different you know? thing. Totally. And uh, you know, when I'm with novice hunters to Alaska, yeah, guide the, the people that I guided this year, they weren't novice hunters. But they were novice hunters in the state of Alaska. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when I talk to lower 48ers that, you know, like haven't hunted in Alaska, they're surprised when I tell them, no, you're not going to have a round in your chamber. Yeah. That's not going to happen. You don't have a round? No, I do not have a round in my chamber. Yeah. I do not. Yeah. I, I don't. The only time a round is in my chamber that I am not actively about to shoot at an animal or doing a stock where I'm going to, you know, this is going to happen mm-hmm. is if Kodiak or the peninsula, a lot of bear, where my rifle is sitting, you know, against, you know, a law, something that it's, you know, secured and I'm doing my field dressing. Yep. When I am done, the round comes out of the gun and I start walking. Yep. I do not. I statistically, you know. Or like, if you were following a wounded bear into the brush. That's different. That type of that, stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. actively thinking I'm going. But yep. other than that, no. There is no reason to have a round in the chamber of your gun. Some of these old-time guides that I respect, you know, Joe wants one of them. A guy yeah. that absolutely not would he ever. I mean, he's exactly yeah. on my same deal. No way would I ever have around of the chamber walking around in the back country there's yeah. just too many things that that can and that's the thing it was kind of like back a few years ago when <laughs> i did did that in outdoor light like um andrew mckean he was the one that was he was editor-in-chief at the time and edited it and posted it for me that little blog when i was doing that blog program about why you know or why i don't use the safety on my hunting rifles and like there's obviously a few exceptions, but in general, the whole point was that yes. And I, I listed a couple exceptions. I think I did. Mm-hmm. You know, if I if I find myself where I I need to have around in the chamber for an extended period of time, all right, yeah, sure, put it on. And the whole point wasn't to say that safeties are bad. Correct. It's just to get to people to think about the things they do with their rifle with a safety on that they would never ever. 
correct do with it off or I, think and and man like just the the uproar and you but still I'm like, get it i oh, still see oh, some something i finally come. i told him i was like it's like all right i'm not for hiding guy like don't take it down or anything but you quit sh- posting this because it's the same shit like, yeah it's the same ignorant people don't even read it yes um if you know you and read- i'm like if you got it, it like some of the answers i was getting was you know i remember one guy well i you know I walk to my tree stand, it's in the dark, and sometimes there's ice and stuff. What if I slip and fall? I'm like, why do you have a fucking round in your chamber exactly. if it's dark and you're not even sitting in your tree stand? You know, yeah. and I know I, I've said this before. It was it was a week after this was published. Some guy from Fairbanks, I didn't know him, was killed hand in, in, down in Wisconsin, I think, yeah. handing his rifle up to his girlfriend in her tree Shouldn't stand. Shouldn't have a round in their chamber. I, yeah. I guarantee you he had it on safe. Yep. You know, and she, you know, Mittens fumbled with it and unfortunately shot and killed him. You know, and when people, I, I always, every time it comes yeah. up, it, I always read, I love to read the comments. I'm like, <laughs> you know, a lot of my rifles, if it's rack safe, meaning yeah. round out, uh, you know, fired, yep. you know, chamber, yep. you know, you uh, cannot put it on safe. No. Well, yeah. Yeah. Most of them. And that's, that's the thing. And, and one of my arguments is. And I said, you know, because like down at the lodge or, or anywhere, you know, around a hunting camp, if I see a rifle leaning in the corner on safe, it bugs me because I know that potentially there's most, something in potentially, there. Potentially, you know, and it's not the, the there's something in there because, like you said, a lot of these rifles you can't put on safe after you drop the firing pin. Yes. So, some, there's some exceptions, but the only for most rifles, the only. Two safe conditions that are actually one hundred percent safe, and you can verify externally, is bolt open, right? You know, or or bolt closed, safety off, hammer down. Because most rifles, you can tell that that hammer's been dropped. Yes, and that there's external you know, so firing. There's, yes, yeah. You're, you're. So man, I mean, before I get too freaking no, I and I I I look at the same thing, and I just I'm like I. It's ignorance. Yeah. That, you know, I, I never, I, when we first started hunting, it was one of the first things I told you. Oh, yeah. Which you already did this. Yeah. Any person I hunt with, if you're with me, we don't have rounds in the chamber. You're yeah. good with that? Oh, yeah, we're good with that. I don't think I've ever had anybody say anything or they wouldn't admit, but it's, it's ridiculous to think that you need, is my revolver ready to go? Yes. You know, it's in a, it's in a yeah. holster. You know, I, I get that, 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 but a 20 pound or 14 pound trigger pull is way different than a round in the chamber of a rifle that you just got to move off safety. Yeah. And, and that has the trigger exposed, you know, ex, you know ex, exposed. So, well, and, and one of my examples is, you know, a, of all right, I I never have a round in the chamber except this time and this time, and you know one of them was like I don't have my rifle on. Sa- one of my rifles I'll have it that that Ruger three seventy five. I'll have that usually on half safe because it has the three position mm-hmm. Mauser style safety with you know that I can just click boom and shoot. Um, depending on the safety, like a Remington style safety, I I tracking a bear like I don't. You know, it, some it, stuff or like if it's a shotgun and it's, you know, in a natural position, 
Yeah, I'll put it on, but but a lot of times, and there's been bears where I'm tracking wounded bears in the brush, and I don't have my rifle on safe. I mean, people, like, their heads are exploding. I'm like, they're like, what if you fall down? I'm like, dude, we're not sprinting through the woods or, or catch it on brush. I'm like, like, don't, like, this is a very tedious, careful, slow type of deal, you know, when you're walking in um, a, poten- a bear that might and have yeah. had a couple of them not try to attack me by any means, yeah. but a couple wounded ones where you don't see them till you're real close and they stand up. I, uh, I go so far as even when I'm stalking an animal that I know I'm going to get a shot here, and I actually, you said the ways you can have your gun say, yeah. is a bolt open. I actually will not, I will have a round in the chamber, but the bolt will, it'll be at like one position down. Yep, yep, to where you've got to finish that Finish close. it off, and I can't put it on safe. Yeah, yep. So my gun's not on safe either, but it's not, I just, some of these and Sorry comments, to get sidetracked no, on all no. this, man. It's, it's But we were talking about the safety in the field and the things that can go wrong and people, they use this thing yeah. of fear, but yet the mindset on that of one thing that I really take dearly about making sure that you don't, that that kind of stuff oh, is yeah. real. You know, cause and and one thing I was going to add is, and is you're the same way and I'm the same way, you know, anybody I'm hunting with, you know, Frank, when I started hunting with him, it's, and, and we'll, like, we know we're on the same page. We'll still verify, you know, yes. be like, hey, we have an understanding before you even start. There, you know, this is, these are the rules we're going to follow. Yep. We're no round in the chamber till it's time to shoot, whatever. And, you know, even like, we'll be like, all right, even we're on a sheep or whatever. All right, I'm going to throw around in the chamber. Yes. When we're 100 yards from, or 50 yards from being able to shoot exactly. or getting ready to shoot. It's having everybody on the same page because I don't care how safe you are on that style of hunt. Somebody is going to have a rifle pointed at Correct. them at, at and one time or another, whether it's in your hands or not. So the only safe way to go is there are absolutely no rounds in the chamber yep. until it's time to shoot. And then everybody checks each other. Yeah. You know, you self-police yourself like, hey, I'm putting around in the chamber. Don't sweep me with your gun. Yep. Or hey, hey I took the cha- I took a round out. Hey, or you know, you get a she- yep. get a sheep or an animal, whatever. Go or right, set your rifle down. Hey, is that you? You yep. did un- you know exactly. clear that rifle? So right? everybody knows. Yeah. Like I said, that that's the big thing. That yeah. So if I know. ever had, I mean, I I'd catch some. Sh- I've caught some shit for my opinions for years, but man, nothing like that one. I I because just that is one hundred percent ignorance. Yeah. I. Or they don't understand. They didn't read the article. I think that was a have, lot of it. They you know, people have this thing built in their, you know, whether the way they were taught. Well, I'm sorry. Sometimes grandpa was wrong. Right. Exactly. Sometimes grandpa did. You know. Sometimes it's it's we've learned more across all different aspects. Like people get butt hurt bad over stuff if you if you imply that they're doing something wrong incorrectly or could do it better because that's the way their dad or their Correct. grandpa caught it. And you don't want to take away. It's not a, a lot. Most of the time it's not an insult. Right. Yeah. You know, but sorry. Sometimes like sometimes I'm wrong. Yep. Sometimes my dad was wrong. Some of the things, you know, my dad taught me he would, you know, hunting. Well, I can't think of any specifically, but I'm sure there's some that nowadays yep. even he would be like, yeah, I was not right. Correct. Um, but this whole deal with it, Safety is one of them. I oh, like, geez. I mean, there. I was like getting comments. Guys, oh, I know. Guys, oh, 
you'll never be in my hunting camp. Well, sorry, dude. The chances I was probably going to be in your hunting camp were pretty slim anyway. Pretty slim. And uh, when, when, you know, if I don't like, I've, you know, I don't know about you with me, but I, I've like, I've never, we're, we do the same, follow the same practice. I've never felt unsafe in the except, field with you. No, no, absolutely not. Because you know. we are, one of the most dangerous things you have is your rifle in your hand. But if there's no round in the chamber, let's take away the the gun point in the safe drag. We all know that's the yep. number one rule. Yep. But with a big but, in the doing these kind of hunts with your with your rifle in your backpack, yep. you are going to it you don't have control over it. It's in your backpack. It's more safe in your backpack than to have it in your hand. Yep. You're walking, you're moving. So unless you've done that. Um, what I'm saying is like, oh, that's a f- that's bo- that's a bunch of BS. But so, if there's no round in the chamber, you verified it. I verified it. That gun, no matter where it's pointed at, is not going to. Yeah. And we, I get it. We treat all guns as, a th- but this is reality. Yeah. Okay. Let's. We are. We. we that's why we self police. Oh, it's not loaded. To, you just cannot on these kind of a yeah. hunt. Make sure your muzzle's always pointed. I try to. Yeah. I do my best, but I'm certainly not going to, you know, yep. have and my rifle anywhere but in my backpack, you know, and yeah. doing hikes like that, it's the best way to control it for real. Oh, yeah. And just the terrain. Like, it's, it's just going to happen. And when you, you're on the same page, it's not something, it, like, dangerous. Like, Barry, it's not something to worry about. It's right. something to pay attention to, but it's not something to worry about. It certainly is, though, if you're running around with a round in the chamber. Oh, oh, yeah, and that that, that changes that changes, changes the game everything. big time. Although, you know, and just kind of what had prompted that was some of my limited guiding stuff. You know, for deer down on a fog. There's one guy in particular I remember. You know, he flagged people. Finally, he got yelled at. Um, he got corrected, corrected not um, a couple times, but you know, flagging people's round in the chamber and yep. uh, well safety's on so i don't give a shit man yep. like that's not that doesn't mean it's safe anyway yeah I can, <laughs> I, I, I can actually i feel better by just telling people right from the get-go clients are there's no rounds in the chamber period yeah you flag me with your gun i get it i'm not when i know there's nothing in there it's something i don't have to worry about and i i maybe i should correct people but i'm just not that way but if i just say it right from the get-go no rounds in the chamber yeah and you, I mean, this honestly is one of those things that stirs a lot. There's people that cannot understand that. Yeah. Seriously. I mean, what do you mean? Why don't I even round the chamber? What's well, there's it? people, like I, I saw a video, a guy, you know, and, and it was a, it was for some product. It was, you know, a produced video where they, he's going out to get a deer with some kind of gutting product yeah, or yeah. something like that. Well, first thing he does, you know, before he hops on his four throw around show on camera throw around in the chamber strap it on the forks on the four-wheeler i'm like how many freaking pe- you know yes your cam- how many times did you flag your camera guy or they- by, and when that gun's not in your control on a moving when there's no reason to even have one no. people's oh well i don't want to put around in the chamber in the stand to, that's it's not gonna it's not gonna make any more noise than you climbing up in your tree stand and I tying know, off and i know <laughs> it, it's just it's funny, and uh, I I mostly get that. I mean, I put them on the spot. Is eastern eastern deer hunters? It's like 
but you, well, yeah, and, and like, yeah, I can understand hunting with a round in the chamber, but you don't, you know, when you, you get settled and where you're going to sit yep. in your tree stand, your blind, whatever, okay, and you can, and you can, when you're to a point where you can fully con- focus and control the direction of that rifle, okay, put a round in the chamber. You know, I'm not telling you when you're you're sitting on a trail waiting for yep. deer to walk by to wait till that deer's there. To, no. You know, I tried to explain the styles of, of hunting we do and situational, and that's why, for me, I like a safety's like a yeah. useless it thing is. for me because I, I don't – just basically just trying to get people to, to not rely on it right. and think about what they're doing. Yes. That, I, I understood it completely. <laughs> I was like, yeah. boy, these people are really – they're and, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I I 100% agreed with your entire point, and I knew what you were saying. Yeah. And that's what the thing about it was, so. Yeah. Anyway, um, I was going to ask, because Steve's a way bigger, uh, a big-time gear junkie. Was there, aside your pack blowing up, that wasn't even the backpack's fault. No. Um, I don't know. Was there anything you used this year that was, like, new or different, really stood out to you? Like, <clears throat> this year... The only thing was that on those husband and wife, girlfriend, boyfriend type hunts yeah. uh, was the dual uh, zippered, you know, left and right zipper where you can do ones together. Yeah, those Western Mountaineering and, uh, bags. Right. That that was something that I used a little bit this year. Um, so gear-wise is the only thing that I got that I really like is that new rangefinder. Yeah. That, that Sig Kilo. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. And they, they're they spendy. Yeah. I mean, they ain't the normal $500 or $600 rangefinder. I mean, these are very expensive, but it's that ballistic program in it that's what you're paying, I believe. Yeah. I don't know for sure. You know, I'm not an engineer. I But what I've read, that's the thing that makes that, you know, the yeah. chip in there. Yeah, it's, that I, haven't, the, I haven't put my hands on one yet. It sounded um, pretty, pretty I, sweet. I owned... One of the other ones, the 2200. Yeah. They're the exact same thing other than this one's tan and this one's blue, a bluish black. Yeah. Same size, everything. Even the inside controls and what you know, what you, what reads back is the same. Huh. Until, you know, you, you know, you read. So I really like that new rangefinder by SIG. Uh, Leica, I was, you know, looking at theirs because I've always used a Leica rangefinder, but well, you, theirs yeah, wasn't, they didn't have it. used theirs for a long time because it's been a while since you used the Swarovski one. I'm kind of sur- surprised yeah. that I am Swarovski su- hasn't yes. been more up to date in that game because aside from their, you know, and it could have been because of the EL ranges, which I, I got a set of those in 2012 and I still like, that's still my go-to yeah. like prem. That's right. the best set of binoculars I've ever owned. And it's got awesome rangefinder for bow hunting stuff. It's not ideal because they only go down to thirty yards right. or thirty meters, whatever. But uh, yeah, it just kind of surprised surprised me with some of the the awesome I, range finder, like I like the willing. like the loophole uh, TBRs or, or the DNA ones. Like they're they're like stepping up and stepping up. Like they're they're good range finders and those new SIGs. I've just yeah. The I, last actual Swarovski rangefinder I've put my hands on was years ago. Yeah. That yeah, I still you know, have it in my range. I bag don't think for, it did any. I don't think that one did any angle compensation or anything like that. No, not at all. And like uh, that was no, it was the, that was the first year I had those binos and I didn't real. I thought it automatically came in the angle compensation mode yeah. when I missed that sheep and 
pissed my pants and all that stuff. So it worked up over that one. Yeah, that uh, uh, didn't actually piss my pants, right. but I was mad. I was o- having a bad day. Oh four is when that I believe that Swarovski came out. I yeah. I got a set back then, and I still have it to this day. It's a good rangefinder. Yeah, it just there's so much more since then that have so. You ask about other things. Is the the new Leopold VX5 HD scopes? Yeah, I hunted on Kodiak. It was my the the rifle that I carried around. Yeah, Kimber thirty out six, just plain old thirty out six. Yeah, I had that scope on there. Um, I really liked that scope. Had the fire dot on it. Little yeah. heavier scope that I normally put on those kind of rifles, but see, I've got a I I don't have a five. No, I do. I did get one. I yeah, really like that. I, 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 did, I did get a 5 HD. I can't. I got a, um, I got got a 6. Because I had been using a 6 HD, and uh, that's what I that's what I put on that, that 300 Weatherby. I cannot and honestly. And that's, that's what I shot that caribou with this fall. I can't, honestly, I can't honestly see a difference in optical quality between the two. Yeah. That's me personally. I own three or four of the VX6 HDs, mm-hmm. the, big, the bigger, uh, bigger ones, and I cannot see an optical dis- difference between the two. Yeah. Um, so that's, and then the next thing is Stone Glacier Pack. I know yeah. you're a Kafaru dude. Yep. <laughs> but I I started using the uh, Stone Glacier late in 2017. Yeah. Because you'd been using the Kuyu, or, and then you went to a Barney's, didn't you? Barney's is the, my main, yeah. it's, that's been my stead, and it still is. Yeah. For certain hunts. But, um, the comfort in, well, we just, let's just put it out there. Having stuff in your backpack sucks ass. I don't yeah. care what you're, yeah. you got 50 pounds of shit in your backpack. I don't care what you're, what you're, they all suck. Yeah. It all sucks to carry yeah. around. Some just make that 50 pounds feel not as bad. Not as miserable, yeah. Correct. So if we can, we can agree that no matter what you have, it's going to hurt you yeah. for a long, but the comfort in in the stone glacier i thought was awesome the uh, yeah i mean i i haven't messed around with them much but i you know obviously they're they're, good, they're, they're good high packs. end yeah. yeah they're high end just they're one you know i mean it's different kind of it's kind of a different strokes for different folks exactly. type thing when you get to that level cuz you know kafaru stone glacier like they're both very high end top level they're packs top level packs you know it's not like one of them's a piece of shit and everyone's just saying it's good right you know so uh and then um, probably the other thing is the Hilleberg tent. I just, yeah. we, my uh, fiance and I used that on two different hunts in nasty, nasty, nasty weather. So bad that, you know, this two man tent, mm-hmm. we had, it had a, a really big uh, vestibule. Yeah. You know, they, you know, the, the GT. Yeah. You know? So, it was so bad in wind that she's laying right next to me and I'm yelling as loud as I could for her to hear me at Jeez. night on Kodiak for, th- that was three nights. I think we went through that. That thing was bomb proof. I mean, it, man, it stood even worse than when we were stuck on that glacier. Huh? With th- that was child's play compared man. to the wind we had there on that. And part of pitching a tent in the right areas is, you know, cause if we had had that in a different spot, I don't care what you have. The wind is going to tear a tent apart. Yeah. You got to make sure you're in the best place you can do for wind protection and using 
the geographical features of where you're sitting at, where yep. you're at. Yeah. You know, you, this might be the flattest. This might be the least wet. This might be. So you got to make all those things in a combination. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, so, but wind on Kodiak is notorious. Oh, yeah. So we had a good spot. Wind tears up more people's tents than bears do. For sure. <laughs> I mean, I don't go to Kodiak without a second tent. Yeah. Well, that's the same, you know, thing like. I think, you know, talking to Taj in that podcast afterwards, because we talked a lot and he's, you know, and basically being one of like the three main air services there, they see a huge proportion. They directly deal with, you know, these hunters that are going, so so they have a pretty good gauge on what's going on. And he's like, oh yeah, biggest, it's like, ah, bear, you know, it's pretty rare for a bear to tear up tear up a camp but the wind that's always there yeah and knowing how to do that but you know, you start off with junk you're not gonna it's you're lucky if your hunt did yeah. not have problems well remember that that time we went goat hunting down there and if we didn't have right that tent the the we thought we had a, a plenty a spot with great right. drainage and it would have been if it wouldn't had a seven inches of rain i think we got yeah, it, I don't know what it was, it but on top up, of our tent, yeah, that little three three yeah. foot across dome, you know, dome section that it was sunken with water. Yeah. We were seven on a water of, bed, right? Yeah. Seven inches of of water had was on yeah. top of that, not leaking. Yeah, and then we were on a water bed, quite literally, yeah, that bathtub thing in that now it was a mountain hardware, one of their high end, you know, tents like expedition. Yeah, it was a but, satellite tent. But, you know, without that, at the very best, we would have been in a bad, bad situation. Right. So, Sur- you know. Survivability. Where, nobody's coming in to get Where you. all we ended up having to do is just move be it. uncomfortable, get out and move it. Correct. Pull up stakes and move it. Right. But, yeah, that. Uh, so, the three things that I had this year were those. My, actually four. You know, my, my range finder, really cool. Yeah. Um, I had uh I had that uh, the HD of uh, VX5 HD. I really yeah. liked that. Um, my sleeping bags set up that were dual yeah. zipper. These things have been out for years. I just kind of this sleeping yeah. bag been out for years. I just discovered them, and then that hilly tent. So those those are my my things that I really liked this year. Well, they'll be in my pack again next year. So. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I. Uh I was going to say, and, you know, you got to watch that 708 of Don Eanes do a lot of work for all the people out there that like to talk shit about oh, yeah. little, you know, cartridges like that. Yep. They freak, you know, she killed, <laughs> it's really awesome, killed a brown bear sheep and a mountain goat. Yep. With, with four shots. Yeah. It's just <laughs> nuts. And the goat, I mean, I'd say out the of goat the four, was, goats are yep. the toughest animal I've seen to put down. In a further hindsight, size. everybody wishes we yeah. had it, but if I'd have just left that goat up there, it'd have been dead. Yeah. It wouldn't have rolled off the mountain because it was double lunged. Yeah. Will not survive. But right. And in hindsight, I wish I would have just, so I count that it, as a one shot kill. And that's, that, I sh- yeah. That's I, just a, a weighing the, all right, do I want a chance leaving him alone, having him get to a worse spot? Correct. But yeah. I didn't know. I mean, I knew he was hit hard. I just didn't know it was yeah. double lunged, but when I feel, you know, quartered him up, his lungs poured out of him. I cannot believe, because it took me ten minutes to get up to him. Yeah, that he wasn't be- dead or correct. Huh. And at the time, I didn't know that. Yeah, but 
after the fact. I could not believe it because the lungs poured out. I mean, just jelly. Completely, yeah. yeah. And it wasn't my hit. Yeah. And I next shot him. Yeah. So, but, uh, so, yeah, she's a hygienist, if y'all don't know that. She, uh, she deals with about 10 patients a day. Yeah. Between 8 and 10 patients mm-hmm. a day. And she gets a lot of old guys in there. Yeah. Or these young guys that want to try to impress her when she has her pictures on her desk of her hunt or her boyfriend yeah. or fiance, you know, and we, she has, like, I'm in a couple magazines. So she has those magazines and yeah. shows these. And they want to tell her all about, you know, and her biggest thing this year when she'd show them, a, that's not a big enough gun for brown bears. Your, your boyfriend don't know what he's doing. You need a bigger <laughs> gun than that. And uh, when they came back, you know, and for their second appointment, six months later, she's, Oh, yeah, I got this bear. And she made earrings out of the cartridge cases. That's, yeah, you showed me those. those and awesome. uh, she, uh, two rounds. And it took two rounds because she, she shot him twice. It wasn't yeah. that she double-lunged him first round, and I was set up on him. I was shooting a four sixteen. It's just my brown bear guiding gun. And uh, so I was already set up on him. And I didn't want to shoot, have to shoot at the bear. I, just, yeah. I don't like that. You know that. Yeah. I'd let the hunter do everything. Now, if it's going to get away and I have to go in and get him, and that's a different story. Yeah. But, you know, everybody I hunt with, we all don't shoot my animal unless it's this, necessary. This, or this. Yeah. So that was the same thing. She didn't care, but I told her, look, this is the reason why. She, and she understood that. So she, I was set up on the bear. I'm like, okay, whenever you're ready, sweetheart. Boom. Hit him first round. And if I didn't know she wasn't shooting, a bolt-action gun, yeah. I would think she was shooting a semi-auto rifle. Oh, wow. Because that's how fast she got back on him. Got and- back on him and put another round and hit him. Man. Not just put another round down range. Yeah. A solid neck hit on the run. Oh, nice. And this is from a girl that had started shooting on April 5th of this year. Wow, that's awesome. And these same guys that want to tell that that's not a big enough gun, you need this, this, or that. It's like, I always ask her, I'm like, what would they start you with? I'm curious. Would you start out shooting one of these big guns and yeah. get so afraid? I started out with this 243 and a 6.5 Creedmoor yep. and worked up to the 708. I, I you know, <coughs> didn't need it. Yeah. Am I there with another rifle? Of course I am. Though, only on, only on that brown bear and that goat, her sheep hunt, I knew she had so much confidence that I didn't even bring a rifle with me. Yeah. That, at all. Yeah. Did not bring it, because I knew we were going to be in some nasty country, mm-hmm. and that when we're coming out of the mountains, just being in the mountains for so many more years than a brand new person in the mountains, I wanted to carry her rifle and yeah. have her have both hands available, so I didn't want another rifle with me. Yeah. Like I say, she got her three animals this year, and she shot four times. Yeah, that's more than a lot of grown men. <laughs> four times. Yeah, that's... They weren't, they weren't clo- I mean, the goat was over 300, it was like 320 yards. The ram was 367, and the bear was 209. Yeah. So I I cannot she, – she, she really impressed me with how good she shot this year. And yeah. I, was, I was happy. She loved the gun. She shows it off pictures yeah. all the time. <laughs> so I've got actually one, you know, a couple people that want that exact setup. But. Oh, that's awesome. You've been mo- – been, uh, I know you're – well, you, <laughs> it's rhetorical. You've been, Asking if you've been building some rifles, you were showing me some of those those Kimber builds you were putting yeah. together. They looked really nice. Yeah, we uh, 
We have. I know I've gotten quite a few questions. You know, tried a couple guys. I just gave them your phone number. Yeah, we got. Uh, we have a uh, a memorial rifle mm-hmm. for the guys that were killed here in Fairbanks. I don't know if you've or, talked about that at all. Um, the two it sheep may hunters have come up. The guys, yeah, that that um, local sheep hunters here in a cub wreck got yep. killed. Yeah. So uh, one of the guys, friend of the family, friend of the hunters. Mm-hmm called me not long after that said hey this is you know this is what i want to do and he didn't ask me to build the gun but i we we talked and i said let's do a memorial let's just he wanted to do something like that and i volunteered yeah i uh said i would do all the work on i provide the barrel and he said i will provide the donor rifle and it is. There's. A, I have at least a dozen people now involved in this project. Oh, cool. I mean, so you know, all kinds of things coming down. So it's going to be. We haven't worked out the details, but it will be at the Wild Sheep uh, Alaska chapter in April. Yeah. And uh, the family. I haven't personally talked to the family. Uh, Gabe Miller. He's been the one talking to them that they want the entire. Um, Whatever you know, donation you know the auction goes yeah. all the, all to the Alaska Wild Sheep Foundation. The family cool. said that. Oh, nice. So I'm pretty sure I know what it's going to be inscripted on it, but I'll save. I we want to yeah. announce Kinda that and you know, that at the yeah. Banquet. So it's a pretty cool deal. What it's going to be written on it, which is something personal to the guys. And to be honest with you, Tyler, I believe I've got so we we have gotten so much people involved with this from because this could have happened to you could have happened to me we're all serious sheep hunters those two dudes were it could have i mean seriously it could have happened to any of us and it's cool that this entire community you know small sheep hunting community we have here kind of got together and it's like i personally think that's for me that's why i'm doing this yeah you know that's awesome that this is this is something i would want if something happened to me like that yep and uh, so, uh, you know, that's going to be in April down at the, down at, uh, in Anchorage, April 13th is when that, the show is at. So cool. And then uh, I got the resident hunters of Alaska, which uh, I'm going to, I, I got that donation rifle. I decided to do that one oh, too. Oh, cool. So um, the Alaska, the Memorial rifle is going to be built on a Kimber. Right now it's a 280 Ackley and I'm, I'm, I'm like 99% sure that's what they're cool. going to stay with. And uh, the the um, Resident Hunters of Alaska is going to be a 6.5 Creedmoor. But I'm also going to do a 30 out 6. Nice. Because these are Resident Hunters of Alaska. We there's a, I'm do, honestly doing the Creedmoor because it's so popular and people, you know. Yeah. And it, I don't know. It's, yeah, it's, it's the thing that's. It's almost equally popular to talk shit about it, yep. but yep. it's a freaking great cartridge, no, man. I, I get that. It There's is. a lot of good. It, it it's accurate. It does. It's plenty good. It will freaking I started, kill moose. It will definitely. <laughs> um, but anyway, you know, yeah. with and I've I go to a lot of these things throughout my time. I mean, since I've been an adult, I've gone to a lot of different hunting banquets mm-hmm. for raising money, and. I have never to this day bid on a custom rifle. And the number one reason why, the caliber it was in. Didn't like it. Second reason, 
the colors that they did on the gun. Yeah. This may be minor things, but when you got as many rifles as I own, there's I'm, I look for certain things. Yeah. And if I'm going to bid on something like this, hey, I might as well have something that is what I want. Yep. I mean these are these are three and four thousand dollar rifles. Yeah. And you know if it's a caliber I don't want or it's a Cerakote color, it's uh. So what I'm gonna do on this uh, Resonant Hunters of Alaska, I'm providing both these rifles to this thing. One's gonna be in thirty out six built on a Remington action. The other one's going to be built on another controlled feed action. I'm not sure about the 6.5. Mm-hmm. They're both going to be there. They're going to be in conservative Cerakoting colors and stock colors. I'm only donating one. So whatever so one... I can take his pick. I can of. take his pick, you know, and only one is going to go out. But I'm also going to have, you know, basically a disclaimer saying, that I may want this Remington-style rifle, but a 30 6 is not what I want. I'll have a basically six weeks. This can be done exactly how you want it. Cool. No, and that's awesome. The other one, I'm leaning towards a legendary Arms Works action, a model a 704. Yeah, is what I think I'm going to build on. I've got a few of them that I've bought up that I'm going to. And that's again full full donation. Nobody's providing. No, I don't get any anybody providing anything on this thing. So um, it's not like I need any more business. Just yeah. One way I think giving. Uh, to the community here, especially I, I like the resident hunters of Alaska. You know, I think they have a lot of good things. So, nevertheless, that's I'm gonna the only one's gonna be donated. So the other one, unfortunately, I'll have to take it home to be my rifle. Yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> but uh, they will. I'll definitely have that set up. So, oh, that's awesome. So that's kind of what I got going on here. Um, maybe next year I'll be red big enough, ready enough for the the wild sheep show on the national to donate one right now yeah. i'm not at that level um but maybe maybe next year i'll do that yeah, so cool. but the memorial rifle is one of those things i think is and i was i felt i thought that was pretty cool that he came to me yeah and asked me about that because I, I didn't know the guys yeah i personally I did not know them and uh but um we talked here it was friday night he was so gabe was over here for two or three hours looking at rifles, the different ones that I build and different colors, Cerakoting. So yeah, he, uh, we, we, like say, say we decided on the 280 Ackley because that's the barrel I pretty much have ordered for it. And yeah, and it, that was discussed about three months ago. So, mm-hmm. Oh, that's awesome. But, yep. uh, well, I probably better go fire up the old truck. If she'll still at 40, she'll still roll below. Yeah. She, mm-hmm. it's only been, couple hours yeah i gotta get some more wood in that uh, (laughs) wood in that fire yeah they've been hounding how's the they got the burn band going i don't even know (laughs) yeah don't know don't care not at 40 below 42 below i'm not caring yeah that whole yeah that i want to get into that but we won't (laughs) we'll wrap this up but uh (laughs) oh man well good it's good catching up with you as always we don't get to hang out near as much as we used to but uh it is good um, catching up it's good catching up and uh We'll have to do it yeah. again. Maybe when my girl is here and she can tell you about yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Three hunts that she yeah. did. So from a, I don't know how many if you've had that before. Women's perspective on a brand new hunter. Yeah, like um, one uh, Jason Franklin and his wife Erica. She came along with them on a, it's their oh, good. Sheep, They did a sheep hunt together this last year and got a 
got a 40 incher everyone's cracking 40 inches except me and then the hunt the hunt that i'm like up not shooting anything less than 40 i thought he would he would make it and he didn't but that's that's the way it i goes. knew he would be close bro so <laughs> but anyway. 11 years old so i'm like no oh, yeah. that's hard to pass that man yeah so but anyway well good deal yeah all right well thanks steve You're and welcome. uh if you guys have any comments or questions, uh, you can email podcast at tundratalkak.com. And if you want to leave a, leave a review on iTunes or whatever platform you listen on, I would appreciate it. Thanks.